Sardo? Yes, Ross? My hip hurts. I've been doing a lot of walking today. I, you know what? That's fair. I think that's a symptom of getting older. Not not old. Not old, but just older. No, uh, that too. I also have several receipts. You want to know what I bought at Ace Hardware Store? What'd you buy at Ace Hardware Store? Wrenches. So I'm just gonna... Ranches? Ranches. Because I needed to wrench something. Because I had several wrenches and they were all not big enough. Hmm. Well, sometimes you need a 16 millimeter and all you got is 15. But hello, everyone. Welcome to the Skeleton Crew Podcast. Hi, everybody. That's Sardo. Sardo, what is up, my purple skeleton friend? Um, I would like the sun to stop. That's that's what's up. Fair. I like how, like, the whole skeleton, like, gimmick thing never comes up. We're like... Yeah, we're skeletons. Forgets about yeah. it. By the way, we're skeletons. <laughs> I feel like it's it's imbued in our character. We, you know, we're so skeleton that we don't have to, you know, make a big thing about it. We just are. I, I just like the idea that we're just normal men. Just innocent men? Yeah, exactly. And because we're so normal, or we believe we're so normal... It's just how we are. Yeah. So, okay. Dross. Yeah. Are we going to talk we, about the we... fact that I just looked up the scores and the first highlight I see is from the wrong game? Oh. Uh, well, I, I looked and I'm like, wait a minute. Something here doesn't add up. Goodness. Yeah. Rare problem. But anyway, huh. folks. Well, you know, this is what we get for having Musk Twitter, I guess. Yeah. But anyway, folks. Hi. Hello. We're talking about Samurai Warriors 4 again. We, we're going to apologize now. I'm sorry, but also I don't really mean it. <laughs> yeah, We're sorry in the sense that you have to deal with our horrible, horrible opinions and thought processes and ideas and beliefs on these characters and how they are written. Because last time we you talked know... about our gen general affection. Now we're getting into the weeds. <laughs> oh, this is how the sausage is made. I love it. <laughs> I love how the sausage is made. Because it's our sausage, and therefore we know what the spices are. Oh yes, it's the uh, secret eleven herbs and spices, and all of them are paprika. It's it's a very paprika forward blend. It's actually oh, not very I, good. I'm not a huge yeah. I'm not a huge fan of like <laughs> Italian hot sausage because of that, because it's always very paprika forward. So it kind of has a like iron e taste. A little bit. Yeah. Whereas personally, I like more of like the Mexican style chorizo, which is more like chili base so it's got kind of those floral notes chorizo's nice yes but we're we're gonna continue our discussion about samurai warriors for today we started off from a previous episode and that was the um meat and potatoes i think uh go back if you want a starter example on what samurai warriors 4 is and uh, we love about it hold on i'm gonna check something really fun for us i'm gonna check whether or not this is our longest, it's still our longest episode. Sardo, do you think it still is? Ah, uh, could be. Well, according I doubt it. to this, uh, two hours and seven minutes. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it still is. The next longest episode we have is us talking about Wo Long, which is basically 
Ohm, which was kind of sort of covering two games at the same time. Only kind of, sort of. Fascinating. Yeah. So, yes. Uh, basically, everyone, you already know how long this is. Sort of, do you think this is going to beat out the two hours and seven minutes and 31 seconds? That is an excellent question. I have no idea, but we can certainly try. I like that challenge. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to promise you all while you're listening this, and you're going to notice this because, y- y- you know, you can, you're going to see it. <laughs> yeah, right. There's a timestamp. You guys get to see this. We don't know yet. Exciting. We won't know until the end uh, of the episode. Uh, I promise this will not be three hours. I, I have a rule. And that rule is n- we're not allowed to go over, go to three hours. Yes. Because I, it is the wrestle rule. Uh, much like with wrestling, I don't think anyone wants to hear us for three hours unless it's a live event. Yeah, I think that's fair. So yes, with much further ado, I'm Strauss, that's Sardo, it's Saturday Warriors for time, but now I guess we're talking about the individual characters? I We're, we're going to break it down. We're going to talk about more our personal preferences, I think. Yeah, you're going to start hearing a lot of opinions because there's a lot of characters, so I'm just going to open up a character sheet. Every character in Samurai... Not Warriors 5, for oh, 2, because, you know, the, we might as well in, go into all of them. Because uh, Empires didn't add any new characters. Oh my god, uh, I, I want you to know this about the Giant Bomb website one for uh-huh. this. Mm-hmm. Is, uh, it not only is it incomplete, but some of this art is very odd from the same game. <laughs> Huh. <laughs> I'm gonna pick a different sheet. Hold on. So, Sardo, before we get into the weeds proper, I want to ask you a question, and it's gonna also potentially involve an actual ask axe because. All right. Hey, we love axes here. All right, sounds good. Who of the characters who were relatively new for four? So we're gonna go. Be a little bit fair and point out that not every character was new to four directly but might as well have been because most likely before they were probably npcs well no like uh, let let me rephrase this sarah Mm -hmm. warriors four specifically had new characters added but they're not all necessarily from four like Mm -hmm. You know, like, Munanori Yagyu and now Tora were introduced in, like, Muso Chronicles 2nd, and I don't know what the fuck that is. I never, I don't even know what that is. Uh, like, very kind of intermediary games that probably not a whole lot of people played. Yeah, so I'm not gonna count those. I don't even know. Well, I know why I didn't hear of it. It was on the 3DS. Yeah. Which... You know, great platform, but weird. Didn't didn't get a whole lot of player base compared to some of the other yeah. games. So basically, I'm gonna uh, here are the characters who were added in the cycle of four. Just so we are clear, we are including number one, uh, Toto, mm-hmm. Takatora Toto, uh, E Naotora, Yagyu mm-hmm. Munanori, 
He's large. Mm-hmm. We like him because he's large. He's, Nobuyuki he's Sonata. Otani Yochitsugu. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, on three, you know who we're doing. So one, mm-hmm. two, three. Matsunaga Hisahide. There we go. I let you that that one was for you. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> I'm like I, I'm just looking at the list that I'm seeing, and he came up, and that I'm sorry, that's what's gonna happen. Uh, Lady mm-hmm. Hayakawa, uh, mm-hmm. Takakage Kobayakawa, Hojuro Katakura, Toyohisa Shimazu, Kashosho, uh, Kagetsu Uesugi, and uh, Nayomasa E. Now. Uh, Here's a good question. Are we going to count characters from Spirit of Sonata also in the cycle of four? Do you want to do that? Okay. Uh, sure. Why not? Okay, so Masayuki Sonata, uh, or Papa <laughs> Sonata. Daddy. Uh, uh, Chacha, or Lady Yodo, depending on what point in time we want to talk about her. Uh, mm-hmm. Sasuke the Twink Ninja. <laughs> yep. Which we now have three ninjas... One is an annoying lesbian, <laughs> one's a juggalo, and one's a twink. Oh, and uh, one's a mom, and w- one's the Hanzo. <laughs> the, uh, he's Hanzo. <laughs> he's the only proper ninja here. Uh, Katsuyori was added as, a, I, I guess, a proper character now. I'm surprised he has he wasn't, honestly. And yeah. uh, Hidetada Tokugawa, who is... Uh, the, the the next Shogun. Anyway, so out of the characters I just mentioned, who was the one that you were, like, going into this, you were really excited for when you heard they were announced, and which one ended up being your favorite outside of Hisahide? I'm just oh, saying that man. now. Be- I, I'm, I'm saying that now because we already know who it is. <laughs> uh, y- yes, yes. We mentioned it um, last time, so we don't need to go over. <laughs> uh, you know, Kishosho. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good pick. Oh. I, I don't. What was yours? Um, I think the new ones added. I'm looking through this. Kishosho is definitely up there. I I also want to give some credit to uh, Lady Hayakawa because she's just a nice nice little lady, mm-hmm. and we like that. And uh, there is one noted NPC that isn't that we could talk about real quick in terms of characters and that is the older sonata's sister mm-hmm. uh she doesn't do a whole lot yeah i, I never played spirit of sonata i'm sorry that that's on us she's just she's just girl yeah i'm very sorry to say that she's very cute but she's just girl as far as we know she's just girl we're sorry. This is not an insult to her. This is just us going like... We're the same way with, like, Subaru Hojo. A.K.A. Kagetora. Because, like... He's a guy. He's an NPC. He does stuff. Kind of sauceless, kind of dripless, unfortunately. Not saying that they could be saucy... They couldn't be saucy and drippy in the future, but... Yeah. The, the problem with the character when they're not, like, playable, it means, like, they only do stuff in, like, the story mm-hmm. and nowhere else. 
kind of just a just a issue with the with it's just an issue that we got. Yeah. So I guess what we're gonna do is. With all these characters, there's a lot of characters. So how do you? We're, I'm just gonna name a character real quick. We're just gonna go through members of the cast. We're just gonna say how we feel about them and see where we go from here. Um, this is uh, the second time I'm gonna apologize. We're sorry, but this is what we're like, and there's no way around it. It's what we do. So we're going to start. Now, obviously, I guess the easiest place to start, and maybe not our favorite place to start, but it's kind of the easiest one to get out of the way. Uh, Yuki Mora Sonata, the, the poster boy of the Samurai Warriors series, as we have it. He's... Um... He's dumb, and I actually like him. You know, honestly, I think what they did with him, like, in 4, specifically, made me like him so much more. Because they really played up the fact that he's kind of stupid. Like, like, okay, so one of the problems with the poster boy character for these games, like, uh, Zhao Yun, is that, and for Dynasty Wars, for those wondering, is that... They're, They're very, very vanilla. vanilla. I, I feel like that's fair to say. say. Yeah. And, and there's nothing wrong with being extremely vanilla, vanilla but, the, you, you know, you, you gotta, gotta come with a pie. Yeah, it's, you know, the scoop of ice cream is all well and good, but it needs something else to bring out its more complex tones. Exactly. And sadly... Uh, for Zhao Yun, that's never happened. Mm-hmm. But with Yukimura, they kind of, they kind of, like, play up the fact that he's stupid. Kind of a dum-dum. You know. Yeah. He's, he, he's not very intelligent. He just, you know, he's very much like a sheriff-you-don't-think kind of guy. And I find that endearing. Yeah, I, what I like about him, like, as time has gone on, they, like, they played up that he's kind of stupid, that he gets kind of, when he gets drunk, he gets even dumber. Mm-hmm. Like, he's vanilla, but he's, like, French vanilla. So he's got a little bit more flavor to him. And I like that. Because sometimes, you know what? You need to have vanilla. Oh, Yeah. Uh, any, like, pot ships you like with this boy? Do you like, who, who do you like seeing smooch if any at all? I understand if you say none. I just, I, I'll be real, I don't think about Yukimura enough to really, uh. Yeah, I, I, like, I understand that he's probably part of some popular stuff, but nothing that I care about. I just, I think he's the guy that's there to throw the football around and have a good time. Yeah! I, I ship Yukimura with American football. <laughs> <laughs> I, pl I play American football, despite being from Japan in the 16th to 17th century. You see, in Warriors Orochi, he discovered American football, and that was the one memory of his time in the Orochiverse that he brought home with him. 
And he's like, you know what? I love it. I love football. <laughs> no, Yuki, let's throw the football. Yeah, around. I feel like the, the problem with being the very vanilla character for us specifically, if he's your flavor, this is not an insult to you. But for us, yeah. he's not the one we obsess over. He's he's like, like I said, he, he goes great with a character who's like a pie. You yes. know, he's the character in our fanfic that is tagged because he shows up. He's the one driving the bus. <laughs> He's there to have a good time. Unlike, but you know, I guess in this case, let's go to his, uh, with the rest of sort of the Sonata slash Takeda faction. I feel like that's a good place to start. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that leads to uh, a certain ninja who we have way more feelings about. Yeah. <laughs> or do you want to talk about his brother first and get him out of the way? Oh, let's let's talk about his brother because I don't feel like we have much to say, and then we can talk about the actual important person here. Yeah, well, the the other two more important characters. We like his dad. His dad's cool. His, his dad's hot. Yeah. We, we love him. He's voiced by All Might. <laughs> he is. Yeah, and and then uh, Yukimura's brother is Nobuyuki. He has white hair, which makes him visually interesting. Uh, he's married to Ina. They historically had a very good marriage. Yeah, what were so. the rare rare people were like we could put, like one of the problems with being a basically of a noble class is half these people who are married to each other may or may not or definitely probably didn't like each other all that much. <laughs> but not these but two. <laughs> they were the exception. Yeah. They were a, a very very happy couple and i'm very glad for them yeah uh, in fact like he literally said when she died it's like the light of my life is dead oh <laughs> like wow i mean he looked at like 95 yeah damn that's he, he, ancient yeah he was old as hell like good yeah. but yeah nobuyuki i i feel like for us it we like him in the sense that he's ina's husband yeah. I, I feel like that's our feelings towards him. Not that we we have no strong feelings on him, except for the fact that he makes Ina happy, and therefore we like him. Like, Nobuyuki is, like, your one straight friend's husband who, like, is really chill and really kind to her. And for that, you just, like, you feel warmly towards him because he makes her happy and because he's actually pretty cool to be around. Yeah. Here's the guy... He's the one guy in the queer friend group who is related to the one straight girl, as you said. Mm -hmm. But everyone's like, oh, he comes to our stuff. You know, it's not really his thing, but he's supportive and we like him. Like, every queer friend group, I think, has, like, the, the emotional support straight friend. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. It's just really funny that, that he's like a service dog. He is. He wears, he wears the little vest and everything. You can't pet him because he's working. <laughs> <laughs> and he's always working. I I think m the problem with the Sonata brothers is that they have this whole interplay of them having to fight each other at Osaka, and I just don't care. I have no feelings about it at all. It, 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 the problem is because I don't really care about either of them because, like, they're just both good boys, and that's kind of it. <laughs> It's it's like watching the Voros twins fight each other. Well, the pro only like it's more violent and less funny. Yeah. <laughs> because instead of being wrestlers, they're samurai. This this is true. But yeah, I I feel like when it comes to them, they're fine. 
They're fine. We, we have no strong feelings one way or the other. Six out of ten. Yeah. Like, they make other characters happy, so therefore they're good with us. Yes. Which leads us to a character we do actually care about, finally, and that's Kanoichi the Ninja Girl, who's uh, one of the, much like Yukimura, earliest characters to be in this series. She's always been here. Yep. Well, until five, but we, we've already talked about five. <laughs> five doesn't count. <laughs> I agree. But Kunoichi is, uh, as the name would imply, she's a female ninja. Yep. She's small and scrappy and kind of mean, especially to Kai. We, we love her. We love her. We like to believe that she's just a bratty lesbian. Yes. Like, she has this whole crush on Yukimura thing, but it's just like, no offense, but Yukimura's kind of dull. It's it's giving compulsory heterosexuality of, like, I'm supposed to like boys. Uh, that's a boy. That seems like that would be a nice well, boy. Well, I think this comes I... back to an issue with 4 where it's, like, it's very hard for... They don't really write... Because part of the problem, these are games where you fight a bunch of people at once... So mm -hmm. writing a proper romance is kind of, like, not going to happen too much. If like, not as, like, a thing. it's not an insult. It's just kind of the problem of, like, this is the game you're making. If there's a thing Koei does really well, it's not writing a compelling romance. They that's, don't. And that's I, fine. And you're going to hear a lot of us talk about. about two characters who are, like, usually considered a couple and... Most of the more fun ones are the ones that are either are weird or highly dysfunctional. Yes. <laughs> and in fairness for her, it's a crush. And the reason why we don't really... It, the problem is, is because we don't feel strongly about Yukimura. We have no investment in her belief in any of this stuff. He's he's a very average boy. He's a nice-looking average boy with nothing particularly interesting about him. Yeah. Uh, the, he, this is one of several characters who gets ship teased with Yukimura, and we're going to be like, we don't care. I think <laughs> all of Koei's romances as... A uh, suggestion that maybe you could want these people to end up together, honestly, and I don't listen to any of it. Honestly, considering the fan base, none of them do. No one does. Oh. The only oh. time that they're, they're like there is like any form of version of this is they're already a couple. Mm -hmm. So like, no one Nobunaga. It's like they're already married by the time the game usually starts. So like, yeah, okay, we're gonna, duh. And these people are evil, so we're allowed to acknowledge they probably fuck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, the problem with Konoichi and Yukimura is that, like, it's so... It's not that it's not... It's not that it's not horny, but it's very sexless. And that's because, let's be 100% be real, the problem with that is because Yukimura is very sexless. <laughs> He's like a he, Ken doll. <laughs> he has all the, the sex appeal of drywall. <laughs> well, like... It's not that he isn't good-looking. We want this to be made more clear. He's very obviously attractive. There's a difference between being attractive and being, like, having sex appeal, though. Yeah. Like, he has the, he's the type of guy that, like, 
the teenagers like, oh, he's so hot and he's dreamy. He's he's like Tiger Beat kind of dreamy. Yeah, Did he, he's go read Tiger Beat. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, fuck, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't. I've never been a teenage girl. I didn't read Tiger Beat even when I was a teenager. I read the men's magazines, which were not better. <laughs> I but read they... Nintendo Power, which was. Or Slam. I read a lot of Slam back in the day. That was a basketball well, magazine. Welcome to the jam. Exactly. And the men's magazines were only interesting when they got actual history articles. Like, I read one on beef jerky, and I was like, oh, this is cool. Jerky's that delicious. Yeah, like, that's interesting. All the stuff about girls, well, yeah, it had the pretty girls in it. But, like... But, but it wasn't really interesting. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure Tiger Bee was probably the same way. <laughs> Yeah, but what it's like, the point is, Yuki Mora's not beef jerky. Like, he's, you know, beef jerky's not physically appealing just to, like, look at it usually, unless you're hungry. But it's it's sensually appealing. And Yuki Mora is, like, the inverse of that. Am I am I making sense? No, you make sense. It's just a really weird analogy. <laughs> well, it a... makes sense to me. Well, the, the point is, is that Yuki Mora is just not very interesting to us and therefore her whole crush on him is kind of boring so to us she's a lesbian who's annoying yes but in the fun way annoying affectionate yes i like her she's fun she's not my favorite and that's no problem with us but really the the sonata despite being kind of like their own thing work under a different person which means and we gotta we talk, and we love Shingen Takeda because we love a stout man who pulls out wrestling moves out of the fucking blue. Gampa, <laughs> he's fun. I I've always liked Shingen. I always like. I think what I love about him is because it's just like he's this like large, like stocky man, kind of like a dwarf. Not like because he's yeah. short, short. He's he's compact. He's yes. short, but he's broad. He's not like super like there some of these characters can get really tall, but like you put him next to other people, he's not super big. He's just kind of super neat. He is. And, and we love a cool old dude. Yeah. He, he, we don't have any ships for him because like hey, he doesn't need one. He's already uh, neat enough. Or, or you do. Tension. Tension. Yeah, it's kind of the obvious one, and if you like that, that's fine. That's not my thing. I I just kind of want him to go around wrestling people. <laughs> that's also a fair want. Yeah. I would like that for him, too. Yeah. Shingen Takeda. Great in our book. Okay. Would hang out with. Does grill. <laughs> Probably make some mean beef jerky. Yeah. 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 Because he's like, you know, this shit's $8 at the gas station. I'm not paying for that. I'm, I'm going to go make my own. And then he does. And it's so much better than anything you'd buy at the gas station. And that's kind of sort of... Obviously, there's his son, Katsuyori, who was really only introduced in Spirit Sonata. I don't think either of us played that. I heard it was actually nope. pretty good. Ironically yeah, I, I heard it was good. I, we need to play that. We're, but we're not talking about that. Uh, Katsuyori, is, is, he's, he's, he's a fail son. Therefore, we probably like him. He sucks. Oh, he, yeah, he, he screwed it up, which means it was probably probably love him. Uh, but yeah, that's the Takeda faction slash Sonata. What's your thoughts on them as a whole? They're good. They're yeah. the Red Power Ranger. Yeah, I, I feel like I, with despite, despite the characters we like in it, they're, they're kind of the most normal faction. faction. 
Yeah, they're they're the protagonist faction in that. I mean, well, Yuki Moore is like the most like stock main character kind of dude. Yeah, I, I feel like the best way to really describe him is that they're kind of the most basic of them all. Not that that's a bad thing. It's you need that. You need sort of your like normal group. They're the shonen team. Yes, I agree. They're the shonen team. They're okay. They're fine. And we're going to go into the other kind of other protagonist faction, and that's the that's the Tokugawa. And therefore, we're going to have to start with the most dad character in this series. Iyasu Tokugawa, the next shogun of Japan. Who is not a little Dutch boy here. Yeah, who is not a little Dutch boy, but a tiny round man. He, I've said this before, but Ieyasu is always funny to me because here in 4, he looks so much like my elementary school principal that I bit once. (laughs) I I feel like... No, I I just love that story. It's just so funny. You've told me the story. I love that story. (laughs) This is not even making fun of you. Uh, It's just like, like, that is the greatest most ridiculous like randomly like specific combination of things his name was mr schultz i bit him on the hand because he was trying to physically drag me <laughs> and well i mean i, I anyway let's I, I think iasu is also a character that we're just kind of fine with it's all right <laughs> mr schultz uh sorry would like to apologize for biting you that one time I, no i don't want to apologize i'm not sorry well there you go but no iyasu's fine he's uh out of the three unifiers in in this uh you have your three unifiers iyasu hideyoshi nobunaga uh, his favorite <laughs> iyasu yeah iyasu gets dunked on the most because he is a small portly balding man who just isn't isn't as attractive or interesting, even though Hideyoshi is a serial womanizer, but that's neither here nor there. I think the best way to put it I is, don't know. I think the best way to put it where it's like, Nobunaga's a weirdo. Mm-hmm. And like Hideyoshi's kind of a fail son who fails upwards. Iyasu just kinda has is the guy who has to win in the end ninety nine percent of the time. And it makes people very unhappy. <laughs> yeah. And it's not that I think he's a bad character. It just means he's not that interesting. Not a lot happens with him. Yeah. It's more of a case of, I would like you so much more if you had more flavor. I would love a little more personality on him, because he's very much just... A guy. <laughs> he, he is the character that could best be described of he is seasoned with salt. Yep. Not because he's salty, just pitch of salt, you know, add some flavor to him. But you could use some black pepper. Oh, yeah. At least a little, maybe some garlic. The thing is, with that said, I think we like more of the other characters in his faction. Mm hmm. Like, for example, Tadakatsu Honda, aka Sports Dad. He's big. He's He's Ina's dad. He's Ina's dad, and he's firm and cool-headed and always going, Mmm. 
In Sengoku Basara, he was a giant robot. Which, which is, is weird. Because Basara is weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's very weird. But, but, you know, I like Honda. Honda is much like Iyasu in that he's fine. I like him more than Iyasu, and I like playing him more than Iyasu. Only because, like, Honda is very dad. Yeah. Like, they're both very dad, but Honda's like the dad who disciplines people because Iyasu can't. <laughs> he's, he's, he's the one who tells you that his friend asked for no pickles on his burger. Yeah, he's like, he asked for no pickles. Is that all right? And you're like, yes, sir. And then he crosses his huge biceps. And you're like, wow, he works out. He's big. And it goes to my my theory that every male character can be improved by making him a dad. Yeah. And also, he's just... Yeah, he, he has a fun design. He does. Like, he, he, he doesn't look generic and he's neat. He's not our, our favorite. He's not even the favorite of his own family. <laughs> oh, no. Definitely not of his own faction, because that's probably Ina, if we're being supremely honest. Yes. His daughter... His lovely little daughter, who is, like, the very... She's the one straight girl on, like, the girls' soccer team. Mm-hmm. Which makes, which makes her a fun character in that regard of... She's the one girl who is the only one who isn't queer. Yes. Which is funny. I don't know why. It just, it just kind of works. Just the... Uh, the obligatory straight girlfriend who is super cool. <laughs> yeah. Her design's cute. She's cute. She's like the jock character. She's fun. Yeah, we we enjoy her. We we usually just leave her to her husband because it's like, yeah, they got a thing going on here. We're we're fine with that. Yeah. Of course, uh in four, sort of, they add added two characters to the faction to add some spice and uh we'll talk about the e's uh that's spelled right. i i by the way yep not uh e so uh we'll start with obviously the most recent and one of the most popular somehow for reasons that we're not happy about uh, now Tora, who we've talked about before, and in multiple cases, I've talked about at length. <laughs> at length, and our statement is: Koei, let us write her, please. Please. I feel so bad for her. <laughs> I. It's sort of interesting, like, because we, we don't always run into characters that are just like we like you, but not the way that the writing treats you. Like I. I've had this, like, happen quite a bit with female characters in the Yakuza series. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe a little less with the Koei Warriors stuff, but only because it's like, I don't feel like Koei Warriors is usually as egregious. But in this case, it is that egregious. Yeah, no, it's, it's like most of the women in, in, in Koei Warriors games, like, are just kind of the characters that they are, and they're a flavor. Mm-hmm. And you don't expect a whole lot out of it, usually. <laughs> and you don't expect a, a whole lot because, like, the main characters are the main characters because they're the ones who actually did things in real life. And there's also, like, a million characters in the cast. So, so of course, 
it's it's going to be a little more one dimensional. <laughs> yeah, your character part of the reason why it's so easy to headcanon characters in these games is because you kind of have to. Yes. Like and this is not an insult, but you have like a cast of like 90 characters or like 60 plus or however many there are in Samurai Warriors 4. You're gonna lose out on opportunity to develop everyone at the same time, especially when you're adding new characters like every single time. Yeah. And but so with, with... No, go Sorry, on. no, you go ahead. But with now Tori, it was just a case of now hold the fuck on. <laughs> Yeah, I, I to me like now Tora like I what I what I think we both initially like thought two things about now now Tora number one she's very pretty, mm-hmm. and the number one is oh god you're such a wet blanket why is this you? <laughs> and I if I, if I remember correctly we both didn't really like her very much. I I did not care for her at first because I, I'll be real. You know, watching her story was a very uncomfortable experience because of how the writing treats her. But when they added her uh, nephew slash son adoption things, it makes sense, okay? She adopted her nephew. Uh, because so. she they needed an heir in case she dropped dead all of a sudden. Yeah. And, Maybe because uh, she... Go yeah. Ahead. Because she was the leader of her clan, and which was, you know, a, a fairly rare for the time to to have a woman in in charge of that. So it, it yeah. should be noted that what happened, just as a quick reminder, is that her father died in o- Okazama by the he- by Nobunaga's schemery, <laughs> as one does, and because she wasn't married yet. Or anything, she was suddenly head of the clan, and everyone's like, well, here we go. (laughs) Now, I think we both know for a fact that, like, now Tora was, uh, the problem with her, now, in Basara, she's a very different character, and people were like, oh, we like this version, why isn't she this? And I go like, because they already have that. Their version of that is already at home, and we like that. So, but we, but what was thankfully what happened was in four two, which is the one with all the side stuff. They, uh, with now Masa being added, who is kind of just a gruff, apathetic teenager at times. He's a mad boy in a big suit of red and blue armor. But she treats him like a little kid, and it's like, oh. You're a mom friend. And, and it was beautiful. And we're like, yes, of course. And that, like, I think that really started switching how we felt about her very quickly. Yes. Because we were like, oh, you're, like, you stopped being, like, just, like, the fan sir, the one that was made, like, I, I, I this is going to sound mean, but... You were the one decided to appeal to otaku in that way. It's it's true, though. <laughs> it's true, though. It, it, and then it's like, oh, but now that you're a mom friend who does mom things, now we just want to put you in, like, sweatpants and, like, a big comfy sweater. It, it gave a little more d- depth to her character, and we took that and ran with it. Yes, and now we believe she's dating a different character. That's coming later. 
that's a specific faction. We'll get there. Yes. But yeah, uh, I, it made us like now Tora a lot more. Mm-hmm. Which is which is interesting because usually a, a character doesn't always get a second chance like that, and I'm glad she got it. <laughs> she deserved I it. Am... She did. Which means we're gonna now have to cover her nephew slash son. Now Masa. Her son few. Her son few. He's fine. I he's... think he he's very much a straight man character. Yes. So he's less silly. Uh, his biggest ship is with Toyohisa Shimizu. It's very gay. We're in for it. Yes. I, I enjoy him as an extension of Nautora. <laughs> I, I also... Like an appendage. You know, he's kind of this weird character where we both kind of enjoy him because he's connected to two other characters. Yes. But, he, it, it, but, but because he's such a straight man and a lot of humor... It allows us to use straight man, let him be straight man for our own stupid stuff. <laughs> this is true. And that's not an insult. That's just kind of what happens. Turned out. Yeah. Tokugawa faction. They all right. I think I like him more <laughs> than the... I think overall, I like him more than the Takeda Sonata mix. Because it's like, but the characters for the Takeda... It, I either really like them or I'm very apathetic towards them. Yeah. Whereas, like, I feel for at least a few of the Tokugawa characters in a way that I'm like, I care about this character. I I want them to be well and be happy. Whereas with the Sonata, I'm like, okay, uh, the ones I like, get in the van. The <laughs> rest of y'all, yep. y- you stay here. So, uh, I guess we should cover the other major, one of the other major factions, and let's talk about the Usugi. Yeah! Oh, wait, we forgot one. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. How did we forget Hanzo? Oh, oh wait. because, He's um... a ninja. <laughs> no, we just fine forgot him. Han- the problem with Hanzo Hattori is that of all the ninjas, he's the most... Ninja? He's... He blends into the background. You just don't think about him a lot. The problem is is he's the serious ninja of all the ninja characters and makes him kind of uninteresting. He suffers for it. Which is, inc- uh, he is- incredible because he's voiced by Ta- Takaya Kuroda of all, of all people. Like, full-on Kiryu voice. And we're just like, he's- we don't care. He's just, he's, and he's just doing the Kiryu voice, and, yeah, so somehow we don't feel anything. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think what happens is, it's a great example of the problem with, cert, with like, the ninja character at times, mm-hmm. where they, where it's like, their whole thing is they're, they're the serious silent type, and therefore that's all they do. I was like, okay. <laughs> all right. He's not bad. Yeah, he's fine. He's just... He's our least favorite ninja in this game. It's true. He's not... We don't make fun of him like we do with Kataro. He's not... We don't have him as, like, a weirdo lesbian, obviously, like we do with Kanoichi. And, uh, well, we'll cover the last one later. Yeah. 
Uh, I guess we're gonna go with one tangential character to the Tokugawa because he used to serve them. Uh, Yoshimoto Imagawa, but the four version. The 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 small, chubby Kimari obsessed. Somehow much scarier than five. Um, I'm very afraid of him. Yeah, well, because they started to have like play up the fact that he's kind of sort of actually secretly really the problem with you know, with a lot of depictions of Yoshimoto Imagawa is that he is famously famous for his biggest failure and not for any of the other things that he actually accomplished which was a lot. Yeah, he famously was an incredibly successful daimyo, did a lot of smart maneuvers and all that other stuff. And the one battle he needed to win, he lost. Lost badly and died. Elias Yoshimoto, he never scored. Yeah. And and thusly, he's remembered in a lot of anime as this kind of foppish, ineffectual, ooh, speaks like this, especially in English dubs, ooh. And, you know, and, and also, like, like they, they make, make him, him look very, very like, old school, like, hang-on era samurai, just, like, drive home the point that he's, like, old, like, ineffectual and foppish. And, and to its credit, 4 gets a little away from that and tries to do something sort of different, but not as much as 5. That's the one thing 5 did especially well. Yeah, 5 and, like, Neo 2 are the only two things I can think of where Yoshimoto was given any ounce of respect. Yes. Still foppish. Oh, yeah. But, like, more respected. And for Imagawa, I'm like... He's fine. I, I, I mostly just kind of feel bad for him. For Yoshimoto is... The thing I think of when I see him first, and this is probably bad, but it's like, I look at you, and I see your face, and I hear your voice, and I just know that if I took a particularly strong edible, I would be, I would be lying awake at 4am staring in my closet knowing that you were there. And so afraid. Yeah. 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 I, I mean... He's, he's, my sleep, he's my sleep paralysis demon. The downside of Yoshimoto in 4 slash 3 is that he's just not that impressive. But we're instead now going to talk about the Usugi because let's talk about a character who actually is done, I say well, and that's Kenshin. Who I like. Kenshin! Okay, so one of the reasons why I like Kenshin, very... Uh, <laughs> Honestly, is the fact that this is one of the rare Kenshins in four, like Samurai Wars, up until five, where they avoided making him a pretty boy or a lady. Which, you know, given Koei's track record on making so many people be shonen, that's very impressive, and I'm proud of them. I feel like whoever originally designed Kenshin had, like, a thought process with him. It's like, no, this guy was an intimidating warrior and. Highly successful leader of men. It's kind of lame that everyone kind of just makes him a pretty boy. Yeah, it's there's there's a little more creativity there, I think. Yeah, they they make him like this intimidating, deep-voiced man. 
and he, he's got he's got a Bruce Campbell tear jawline. Yeah, and, and he's, he's always, always frowning. frowning. <laughs> I don't like that. And I'm the god of war. Yeah, and it's fun. I, I feel like he's maybe my my favorite adaptation of Kenshin that I can think of off the top of my head. Because like the all the other ones are either like a lady, or like the pr like basically a, a looks like a lady. Mm-hmm. And I find that to be kind of dull. It's it's a very repeated beat, and it's nice to see something different. I agree. It's not my favorite interpretation of Kenshin, though. No. Uh, that would be from Oda Cinnamon Nobunaga, where he is a borzoi. That's it, my favorite tension. And and also your favorite kind of dog. My favorite dog breed. Which is probably why that's your favorite. It's true. But this one is really good. Uh he is rivals with Shingen. They they fight each other, but they also kinda kinda care each about each other and respect each other as warriors. Just guys being dudes. Just I guys like being dudes. Yeah, I like him too. But honestly, I feel like what makes him fun is the rest of his faction, because he has to deal with, like, kind of the weirdest faction. Part, part of the weird part about the Uesugi is that, like, they have some of the, like, the oddest lineup of characters by writing. Which is why we get to his sister, Aya, who we like and are also scared of. How do you want to describe I, Aya? I'm going to let you have this. I'm letting you have the floor for this one. Aya is a very beautiful woman. She is graceful and poised and elegant and perfectly quaffed. She's like a swan if a swan were a person. And by that I mean she can break bones with, with her wings. Mm -hmm. I love Aya. I wish Koei would write more women that are just fucking freaks. Because she's a freak. Yeah, Aya is kind of creepy in, like, a very weird way. Like, she's this incredibly pretty, long black hair, not dressed in any way that makes you think she, like, she shows very little skin. But, like, everything she does makes you kind of scared of her. She, uh, okay, my, my thing is... Koei saw the success of Chunhua in, in Dynasty Warriors when they introduced her. It's like, oh, a, a kind of pseudo-motherly figure who's also scary and, and a little unhinged. Keep going. Take that. Keep going with it. You know, I, I hate to inform you, Sardo, but Aya came first. <laughs> Holy fuck! You have to remember, Samurai War she was introduced in Samurai Warriors 3. She's in Warriors Orochi 3. I mean... Damn, you're right. But it's a it's sort of like Oh my god. <laughs> she's just like kind of weirdly unhinged in a lot of her like interactions with other characters. But not like oh she reminds unhinged. She's more like, I'm in your walls. She reminds me a little bit of Tharja. Just just in, in that sense. Less uh, less on the antisocial side though. Like, if, if Tharja was friendly... Yeah, if, Tharja, if Tharja was a lot nicer to you, and a lot more, kind, like, personable, instead of a weird, awkward, antisocial nerd who happens to be extremely hot... Mm-hmm. And she is. Oh, yes. Yes, she is. We're gonna have to talk about Awakening at some point. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> but she has a son who is the heir to the clan, uh, Kagekatsu, who is a big, large, soft softy, and I like that. He's a good boy. <laughs> he's, a, he's a large man. He's very honor-bound, but he's not mean. He's like, hello. Hi. <laughs> Want to go ride bikes? Yeah. And... and and he's he's a little mortified of his mother, as anyone would be. As um, one should. But I think our favorite but, member of this faction is uh, neither of any of the people we just mentioned. Mm-hmm. You want to introduce him? You want to introduce oh, the love? Oh. <laughs> Got it. Sugu Nawe. The... Our boy he is the he is the golden retriever of the cast <laughs> i feel he's like so dumb he, he's kind of dumb and he's kind of silly but i kind of love him because he's, he's so on he's like i believe in doing the right thing and justice justice and love <laughs> yeah I, I support him so much. I don't know how the hell he got into this particular friend group. Yeah, no, he's um, such like a weird, he's like such an odd addition to this group who are like the very stern and odd Kenshin, the equally, the even weirder and kind of like creepy Aya. See, the thing that I think is, Kanetsugu's just the kind of person who will, like, forcefully befriend everyone. <laughs> yeah. And and here he is, and these are his best friends, and he's so happy. <laughs> yeah. He's a sweet boy yeah. and a good boy. And he wears um, uh, the kanji of love on his helmet, which is actually real, by the way. That's a real I, thing I, that he did. <laughs> I've seen pictures. I've seen pictures of the yeah, helmet. Yeah, it's like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. He, I think they turned up his weirdness, his own personal weirdness up to like 11 and 4, and I think that was for the best. I agree. It it makes him shine. I think he's he's meant to be a little weird. Yeah, it, like that's how he fits. It's like, oh, he's also weird. He's a freak, but in a different way. And And when I call somebody a freak, I mean it lovingly. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, that's that is the uh, the Uesugi. Um, the Uesugi. I I like them. They're not my favorite faction. We know what our favorite faction is. Oh yeah. <laughs> we we know yeah. we're we're saving them for last for a reason. We're saving them our favorite two for last. What I like about them is that they're just kind of weird. They're they're there. <laughs> they're there. But but I appreciate the fact that they have a lot amount of odd flavor. Yes. And I feel like not a lot of, there There are a lot of, like, sub-factions and micro-fractions fra fra and weird fractions. There's all kinds, of, all kinds of people, but nobody's quite like them. Yeah, no one's quite just as off-kilter in their way. I don't, I don't think we ship him with anyone. I just think we just have him run around being a weirdo. <laughs> He's in love with life. Yeah, you know what? And good for him. I think this is a good time to go over some of the wandering, non-factional characters. 
Yes. We don't have any real relations. So we're going to start with the sword boys of uh, Kojiro Sasaki. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, uh, Musashi Miyamoto, probably the most famous person here in terms of literary importance. I'd have heard about him. As in, he's the one who wrote a book. He's been so many anime girls in so many different gacha games. God, and it's always, like, not the best looking one. There is going to be a day. We're going to be talking about fate one day. And it's just going to be us complaining about fate. And I am here for it. I am here for it. The only character I have anything nice to say about is Moriarty. <laughs> I was going to say Da Vinci because I felt like, hey, we're going to actually be a bit, weir- bit weird about it. I'm like, I'm here for that. That's 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 true. That's true. Okay, so. But, oh, and Edison because he's a lion man. <laughs> Which is so that weird. Too. That's so weird. But yeah, the sword boys. Musashi and Ko- Kojiro. Musashi. We'll start with Musashi. Uh, gay jock. Just. Gay jock he's, energy. He's a gay jock. And uh, his boyfriend. He's a gay jock. And his weird boyfriend, who's a theater kid, but also a jock, Kojiro. And that's Kojiro how, is, is great. And that's how we feel about him. Uh, Kojiro uh, is is a murder machine, and I like him. He's cool. He's He's gender. <laughs> Yeah. In my opinion. I feel like Musashi is sadly one of those characters who kind of runs into that aw- that awful problem of being like, you don't have anything to do. You're just kind of neat. And it feels weird not having you in here. You're just, you're there. Yeah. He just, it's like you're there. Like, he doesn't always appear, but like... He's cool, though. It, like, the problem is he's too cool to leave out, but he doesn't really do anything. It, he doesn't contribute anything to the class. Yeah, it, he's sadly one of those characters that, like, much... Kojiro's the same way, where it's like, you don't really do much of anything. Like, mm-hmm. you did a bunch of important things, and you're, like, historically important, but you don't really do much. And... Kojiro is... Like the bad one, but we just like to believe that they kiss. They they do kiss. There's yeah. no doubt. Come on. <laughs> I just like the idea that like one of them is way less open about it, and not because he's like ashamed. He just doesn't talk about it. He's just not very demonstrative. That's yeah, he's right. just like, oh, uh, you're you're dating? Yeah, I guess so. Yep. <laughs> yep. And that's the end of the conversation. So that's them. Yeah, they're fun. They're neat. They're they're sadly much like this next character, Akuni, a character who just kind of doesn't like. She's a character that exists, and has always and she is, and she's like historically, like we said, important. She's the founder of Kabuki Theater. Yeah, which is neat. She's theater. Yeah, it is cool. But like that also means that she doesn't really do much of anything. <laughs> She's whimsical. That's her job. She just kind of shows up every so often. Does stuff. And then she leaves. Yeah. That's, that's, that's okay. Yeah. Okay. We like her because she's weird. But, like, yes. not in the way Aya is weird. She's 
She's quirky. <laughs> yeah, she's that quirky girl you meet in college that you thought was really hot, and then you talk to her for like actually five minutes, and you got very scared. It's like you you are not not putting on a front. You are strange. Uh, like oh, I thought like the weirdness was like a flavor additive, and instead it's you're terrifying. <laughs> That's what you are. <laughs> you scare me. That's why she's fun. Yes. Which leads us to our next roaming, nondescript, a part of no group, uh, Goemon Ishikawa, the famous thief. He steals stuff. He is not the uh, persona of a certain Kitagawa, Kitagawa uh, Yusuke. I got it right! <laughs> yeah! You, you just met, she. just to be much of the clear, uh, Sardo just met Yusuke from Persona 5 for the first time recently and was in love immediately because he's weird. I, I love him. He's strange. I keep calling him Yosuke. He's not Yosuke. That's not your fault. Everyone fucking does that. <laughs> I did it the no. same stream. <laughs> but Goemon is a thief. He large. He's, he's, he's a big, jovial, boisterous dude. And he's also kind of just there for a lot of stuff. He occasionally participates in shenanigans. Yeah, much. The reason why we're just covering these characters very quickly is because they're not part of any faction in any real way. They don't really do a lot in the story. They're just like famous people from the time period that are neat. Mm -hmm. So we're like, because there, there's two types of these characters who are nondescript factiony. There is the first version, which is like, you don't belong anywhere, so we just kind of have to put you somewhere. But we think you're cool. That's where you get your Goemons, your Kunis, your Musashis, your Kojiros. And they're neat. All sorts. And then you have the other half of this, which is characters who kind of float around part of the story from like faction to faction where they like, they do stuff. And they actually are like attached to the plot in some way. There's yeah, a, they're involved. You're involved in some capacity, which is really one character, two characters who really sort of emblematic of that. We're going to talk about one of them when we talk about what happens on Shikaku. But the other one is our beloved trash man. <laughs> he who smells of Axe body spray and exclusively Axe body spray and nothing else. You want to introduce him? And in case that, and in case Sardo got cut off because we do this via Discord and sometimes you get a bit too loud, it cuts you off. Uh, Magoichi Psycho, not your fault. Sorry, I'm just making sure that the people knows. All right, he's he's our boy. He's our boy. We love this trashy man who is, uh, he he's the womanizer of the group, or at least one of them. He's, yeah, he's he's a fuckboy, and he's stinky. And we love him. He he likes ladies. Ladies don't typically care for him. Mm -mm. But he's really endearing. Strauss, why do we like Magoichi so much? It, so, first things first, we should mention that Magoichi's technically three people at the same time. Yes. Uh, in, in the sense that 
the title that Saika Makoichi is a title, not a strictly a name. So there were several guys who take it. Yeah. Uh, this one is usually considered uh, Shigehide Suzuki specifically. Yeah. Uh, he he wields a gun. He brings the power of gun with him, and despite being a ladies' guy, he uh he gets a surprising amount of like deeply emotional moments, and that's like super weird. He's got depth. Yeah, they, they, he's really one of the deepest characters you get in these games, and it's just kind of really odd. Not because it's bad, but because it's like, this is not the character you think would be given a lot of depth. Yeah, because he, like, he gets a lot of, like, silly kind of yakety sax moments where it's like, hey, ladies, and then all the girls are like, ew! And then he has, like, these astounding moments of, like, sadness, and, like, all my friends are dead. Mm-hmm. And also, um, Nobunaga wiped out, I, I think, a good portion of Magoichi's companions, the, the rest of the, the Saika clan. And so, Magoichi hates Nobunaga. Yeah. That but is a thing. Besties and King Bad Influence. Yes. On our, our, our good, good pal. And you know who it is. It, 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 it is Hideyoshi. Ah, yes. And, like, weirdly, that also leads to more actual drama. Like, Magoichi's such a fascinating character in when you put him in perspective. He's a roller coaster ride. Yeah, he's like an odd roller coaster ride. We love him. He's a weirdo. I enjoy him quite a bit. He was actually one of my first favorite Samurai Warriors characters. Oh, me too. He, he's fun. And it's like, it kind of goes to show that, yes, you can have a character who is a thing, but they can be more than that. Yeah, he, he's he got some pretty decent writing behind him. Yeah. Weird. It's, it's, yeah. it, it's, it's not, not bad, bad, it's just odd. And so, I guess, going with the other kind of free-floating, non-attached characters, because um, I know I know Shikaku is kind of like its own separate thing, but yeah, Motochika... Yeah, we should just talk yeah. about him. <laughs> so, Motochika Shosokabe. <laughs> so, what we need to discuss is, like, the Shikaku characters are basically two characters now. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> the, like... Motochika Chosukabe is so is like important to the time period, but he's kind of like in his own mess that he doesn't show he doesn't have much to do. Whenever Motochika, I always think of that one bit from Archer where like Krieger's in like the nest of filing cabinets. Uh huh. I don't know, and and that's Motochika. I feel like he he built Fort Kickass. Uh huh. Uh, he he very much does his own thing. He has kind of like a like uh, an ongoing war with Mori Motonari. It's it's reflected on more in stuff like Sengoku Basara. Here it's not touched on so much because Motonari's doing other stuff. But yeah, uh, Motochika is he's a man who who plays a um, a shamisen. And he's very Visual K-inspired. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I believe he wears like some kind of mesh shirt here. Uh, love the look he's going for. I, I do really enjoy his character design. Uh, he's also a weirdo. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he's, 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 a, he's a rock star, man. His, his thing is rebellion. It's rebellion. It's stick it to the man. Um, and yeah, he's... Kashosho, who we'll discuss very soon, probably next, uh, was next. one of his one of his consorts, one of his baby mamas. Um, they they had a kid, and there's like some implied shipping going on there. They also kind of imply like a ship thing with her and Magoichi, but that's also just because Mago likes whammon, and she's a very pretty whammon. So, <laughs> yeah, and she is, and we also like her. She's also very pink. She's extremely pink, and she's kind of divisive. Uh, you, you kind of either love her or you hate her. Yeah. <laughs> I love her. I, I feel like this is one of those ones where, like, the people who dislike her the most seem to be in Japan, mostly. Mm-hmm. And the people who like her seem to be all, like, in the western half of the fan base. <laughs> but, I mean, she does speak to American sensibilities, because look at her. She's mm. so disco. She's extremely disco. She's... She's a hard luck woman. <laughs> She's a bit of a she, bitch. She brings misfortune to all the men who cross her path. And I love that for her. She's she's disco mommy, but she's good disco mommy and not evil MILF manner disco mommy. <laughs> Bring that back. <laughs> yes, yes I am. But uh, we should also note for a fact that uh, she's the one who sells you drugs at the club. It's true. And not necessarily the good ones. Yeah, she'll, you will either get a bad trip or you'll find out that she sold you flour. <laughs> yeah. And you'll no thank her between. for it. And those are kind of the free-floating characters. We like all of them well enough or very much a lot. It's just, they don't, they, their problem is they don't necessarily get to do a whole lot. They're just sort of there. Yeah, they're, sort of, they're there because, like, you can only focus on so many characters and there's a lot to cover. Yes. Whoops. Which I guess we're gonna go with, I guess, uh, one of the sub factions. Mm -hmm. Because it takes three characters out of the way that we don't really care about. So let's talk about the Azai. Uh, Nagamasa, Nobunaga's sister's dead husband. The first He's dead blonde. husband. He's a blonde pretty boy who's nice. We don't really care about him. We, 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 Nobody we really does. don't. I don't know how popular he is, actually. I wonder if he is. He's he's like the Lana Del Rey album, He's Born to Die. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say, like, his stuff with Uichi, uh, Nobunaga's sister, who we will be talking about at some point today, is uh, they're very lovey-dovey. Yeah, they're saccharine. <laughs> yeah, they're saccharine. They're well, because okay. it's like, Nagamas is great because he's one of the few like dude examples I can think of of like a a male love interest character who is there explicitly to just be fucking murdered and and make make his wife really really sad. Yeah, it's <laughs> a, it's the rare time where the man is the frigible one. <laughs> <laughs> and and occasionally Oichi has flashbacks to Nagamasa under a white sheet for whatever reason smiling into the camera. <laughs> He's very... Like a, like a... Go on. 
like all dead spouses do. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, he. Uh, we don't dislike him or anything. He's just... He is the boring version of Yukimura, but has a wife. He's a wife guy, I guess. I guess. I, I mean, I, I don't hate him. He's, he's just there. He's just very there. He he has a lance. It's neat, I guess. He's what's-her-face. <laughs> yeah, he is what's-her-face. And that extends to uh, Takatora Toto, who I also, who we call Samurai 009, because he looks like a cyborg. Which cyborg does he look like? Hold on. Uh, you want to talk about him for a bit while I look this yeah, up? Yeah, he is, um, to, to give Takatora credit where credit's due, I will, I will say the, the things I like about him. Um, he's got an interesting design. I, I think he does look, like, visually pretty different from a lot of characters. He's a little bit of a twist on the standard pretty boy design. He's got some cool stuff going on. Um, he does. I, like, I look, like his sword. Yeah, he does look like a character from Cyborg 009. <laughs> y yeah, he does. And and that's fine. I just... Uh, he... I, I think it's... Okay, I found the right one. It's Cyborg 002 that he looks the most like. Uh, okay. But, like, not yeah. the same design. I He falls into the same camp as Yoshitsugu, where, like, he's not a bad character, and there's plenty of people who like him, and that's fine. I just don't really care about him very much. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't care about him, I don't care about the drama he's attached to, because he's attached to the Asai stuff, where, like, he really... Like, I wouldn't say he's, like, in love of, with Oichi as much as, like, he really cares about her and, like, I served her kind of way and she was very nice. Yeah. He looks like... I don't know. ...the main character from Cyborg 009. I'm, he looks like both, like, if 2 and not 009 and 002 had a gay baby. He's got a, he's got a neat scarf. Cool scarf. Um... Yeah. I like using his weapon when I create uh, creatable characters. Fair That's enough. That's about it. And on the other end is Yoshitsugu Otani. Um, he's fine. His character. I like the Bastara version way more. <laughs> I, I feel like the problem with him is that he's he's a man who historically had horrible leprosy, but you never actually really see it. He's and just, he, he's he, very go with the flow guy. Yeah, it's, you know, very, very, like, mystical and kind of, you know, ooh, spectral. And you, the, like, inch of his face you do see is, like, beautiful. And, like, I, creamy, I liked, unbroken skin yeah, and, like, liked, long, beautiful hair. Yeah, and I like to believe those are the only parts of him that look good. <laughs> like, the rest of him is, is just disgusting. Which is a better idea. Um, I would I would love it if um, he was like a postulant mess under his cloth. Yeah. I just, as he is, again, he is, he's somebody that's there for other people, not not for me. Yeah. Um, I feel like in, much like with Jia Chong of Dynasty Warriors, I think if I existed in a different universe, he would have been one of my favorites. I feel He's like just not my favorite in this universe. If he <laughs> came out like way sooner, he would be one of your favorites. Yeah. <laughs> but when like you were younger, specifically. Yes. 
I I feel like if if little teenage Sardo would have liked him a lot more. <laughs> but like he came out like when we were in our twenties. <laughs> and and now I like ghouls, so. <laughs> and he's not ghoulish enough, and his personality is very nondescript. They're fine. The Azai characters, they're not technically Azai characters. They also float around. They're fine. Yeah. Uh, I guess we should cover the Mori characters real quick. Uh, and it is a father-son duo of Motonari Mori, who is a hot old man who really likes to read, and his son, Takakage Kobayakawa, who is a good-looking not-old man who... Really likes to read to the point where it's um, kind of disconcerting. <laughs> and they're uh, they're neat. Fine. Yeah. A good good friend of ours likes them. Yeah. So, I mean, the problem with Modinari is that he's technically dead when most of the important stuff happens. <laughs> yeah. So he's just like chilling. <laughs> yeah. Um. I do like in Samurai Warriors Chronicles 3 for the 3DS, which I think five people played, <laughs> myself included, <laughs> there's a special story where Motonari becomes evil. <laughs> and and that's interesting. He, he's, <laughs> I think the best way to sum him up is he's neat. We like him. <laughs> he's not our favorites. He's a dad. But a dorky dad. Which is, makes he's him... He's a very dorky. He's a very dorky dad. His son is a nerd. Say it affectionately, Takakage has, like, homeschooled vibes. The difference is his father is smarter than anyone you've ever met. So so he, he has the right to homeschool. <laughs> like, I can teach you better than anyone. He's like, are you sure? Five, minutes, five years later, I have mastered everything. I, I invented physics. <laughs> he's neat so that's them he's neat he's neat they're neat yeah um let's see who else any other free floaters i need to go over i guess we could take this time to talk about we're talking really about sort of the very the micro fractions as we're fa not fractions factions <laughs> that exist like the mori which means we have to talk about the date Date. You might have heard of him. Masamune Date, know. probably one of the most famous men from this time period. Hilariously not super accomplished and started way later than everyone else. Which means that, you know what, it's okay if you're a mediocre late bloomer. As long as you've got a really cool helmet and eye patch, people will remember you. And also and you'll you be super find a major city in Japan. That also helps. <laughs> yeah, probably do that too. But... You'll get to be super fucking cool in all the anime adaptations of your life. <laughs> it's not that Masamune never accomplished anything. It's just that by the time he finally got started... Like, to give everyone a point here, he was born several years after Nobunaga got his major start. <laughs> yeah. So... You know, he's a very late comer to all this stuff, which means he's just kind of there. He was like 12 when most of the big events were happening. <laughs> yeah, but he's neat. He looks cool. He yells a lot. Like, like screams. 
He wears and, an and eye he's, patch. He's not as short as I previously believed him to be. He just he has he has short guy energy. Well, <laughs> well in fairness, he was like a young kid in the first game, so you're probably like mixing that up with that fact. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah so, so it's, it's not your. It's, it's not like, like oh. I'm treating him like he's... I thought he was shorter. He is one of the shorter male characters that isn't, you know, purposely meant to be extremely tiny. But... And he's... Gone. He's a big, angry baby. Yeah. Yells a lot. Kind of the immature major character. He's sort of like... I, I like to think of it as, like, Magoichi's kind of like his, like... Sort of like his uncle figure, like your your loser uncle that you really enjoy hanging out with. <laughs> yeah, they, they, their friendship is really fun. I don't ship them or anything, but I do like their weird relationship. Yeah. <laughs> and then came his dad figure, Kojuro, which is spelled with a U. Yes. Kojuro Katakura. He plays the flute. He's neat. He wears glasses. He wears glasses and specifically gets tormented by Aya in a lot of extended scenes. They they got a weird fucking thing going on. They really do, but it's a fun, weird fucking thing. Yes. It's not shippy as much as it's just like, she torments him. Like an angry ghost. I like to think of it as platonic BDSM. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm not angry about that or anything. I just think that's really weird. It's like a really odd way to describe it. Not that it's wrong. It's just like, huh. Didn't see this one coming. Hmm. Yeah. He's, you know, he's kind of the um, sensible adult figure that's much needed in Masamune's life. He's sort of his caretaker. Um, they, you know... They care about each other, I think. They're, they're, they're like, not son and father as much as, like, child and guardian. Yeah. They're neat. We like them. That, that's that micro-faction. And one more, we have really two more micro-factions, but we kind of have, they're kind of super intertwined, so we're going to talk about them at the same time. And that's all the Kyushu characters. Yeah! So, we're going to start with the Shimizu, because they might be the gayest group here, and that's saying something. There's a little something for everyone if you're into men. Or or he-him lesbians. <laughs> yeah. So, the first things first is Yoshihiro Shimizu, a.k.a. Devil Shimizu. He was... He's this large man, wields a big hammer, loves cats, it looks like an old man, is neat. He's Gampa. He's Gampa. And uh, he was kind of, what was interesting about, the, about him was his faction, despite being extremely important, both here and now, here, then and now type of situation going on. Uh, the Shimizu will crop back up in like, 260 years when uh, a certain different civil conflict happens. And what civil conflict is that, Strauss? Well, that's that would be the Boshin War, which was caused by the Meiji Restoration. Damn. 
Yeah, yeah. so, so that'll, that'll be important, important later, later. Again. again. But the Devil Shimizu is, you know, Yoshihiro, he's fine, he's a cool older guy. We like him. He's a good man. He's a good man. But we need to talk about his nephew. Oh lord, we have to talk about his nephew. We've done this discussion before, but do you want to introduce Toyohisa? Toyohisa Shimazu is a young man who was uh, created with the explicit purpose of wearing a jockstrap and nothing else. <laughs> to explain, Toyohisa, and it, it, we're going to be abundantly clear, this is not actually intentional, or maybe it was, we don't know. But Toyohisa was like, is somehow, some way, truly was created to appeal to gay men exclusively. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen anyone, like a character, so, like, in a way, so built to appeal to gay men. But not on purpose. It was a total accident, but I still like to think that somebody on the design team knew damn well what they were doing. I feel like that is a case, but it's held up by the writing, which is the funniest part. <laughs> like, I don't know why. He just... He just feels super gay. He, he does. He was... Koei gave the gays everything they wanted, and they didn't even know it. Yep. And I think what makes... him so funny... is that... it's just like every... just be careful when you look up any picture of him on most image hosting web websites... You will see porn. It's uh, a it's, lot of gay it's porn. Sultry. It, it, it's it, sultry. It's sultry. It's never intentional. In fact, hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little test. I'm gonna look this up. Let's see how long when I just look up. Up oh, and uh, for front page. <laughs> oh, I love this game. <laughs> Every time we play this game, it's always immediately. <laughs> The answer is always the moment you open the game up. <laughs> you lose this game immediately. Every time. Without fail. Uh, I've seen this I've seen this boy in a jock strap so much. And it's not like the rest of his writing doesn't help. It it only adds fuel to the fire. Yeah. It's like it, this is not one of the rare times where I feel like oh, people just feel that way about it because, it, you know, there's certain characters who are like, oh, they're super gay, and then you, like, watch this or play the thing, and you're like, no, they're not. Not this no, one. this is... Oh. It's the midriff, isn't it? It's it's the midriff. It's the midriff. The, the midriff... The, listen, if somebody... You, you take a character, you put them in a crop top, they're always going to look gayer. Especially if they're men. Yes. Uh, well, yeah. For women, it can be kind of gay. For men, it's super gay. It's turbo gay. Yes. And he, and he just is. He's also, like, rambunctious and compared to a puppy a lot, which doesn't help. The puppy... It's, it's the puppy thing. The puppy thing really doesn't help. 
But they have a they have foils on Kyushu, and that's the Tachibana, mm-hmm. who are led by the closest thing you can have to seventeenth century sixteenth century beards as a couple. I love that for them. Uh, Ginchio and Munashige Tachibana. <laughs> Ginchio is a, a spunky, hard-ass woman who fights with a sword, wears a lot of armor. She'll beat your ass, and she loves sweets. And she's just so incredibly lesbian in feel. Yeah. I- it's just, you know, you, sometimes you'll look at a character design and it's like, that's a lesbian, and that's how I felt when I looked at her. Yeah, it, it, she's one of those characters where you look at and like, oh, you were, maybe not intentionally, designed for peop- for women who love women. And then you have her husband. Husband. Munishige. <laughs> Actually is... a married couple, we should mention, so this is not out of they, nowhere. They were married, historically. Um, it was not a super fruitful marriage in terms of producing children. We don't really know about the, much about the relationship. We just know they never had kids because one of them was that she was probably infertile. Most likely. But Murashige's not terribly interesting. I think the coolest thing about him is that, um, he got his, some of his official art is done by, um, Ayame Kojima, I think, who Castlevania art series. Um, like amazing artist. Oh, oh you're talking about her character pi- picture? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I yeah, know her character picture is great. It's awesome dynamic. It looks like it belongs on a panel van. It, it's oh yeah, and that's that's the highest praise you can give art. But like Murashige is not terribly interesting. He's he's an attractive man. I don't see anything straight about him at all. <laughs> You know how in game in like a song advice and fire such Game of Thrones they had the the Knight of Flowers. Yes, it's the, it's that kind of vibe where he's very pretty. He wears his armor, but like I, this is one of the things where it's like they are actually married. So it's like I, I'm not even sure this is Koei's fault for the comp het. Not because like this is one of the rare times where like no, they were legit actually a married couple. Well, yeah. <laughs> so it's not like the comp pet is bad. It's just like and, it feels weirdly forced. It, and I'll be real, like they they don't do a ton towards like building like you know their their marriage, and it's like that's they sure are standing next to each other. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why we we have stated that they're each other's beards until what until they're both out of the closet. Who, yep. So which one do you think came out first? Um Definitely Genshio. <laughs> <laughs> uh we jokingly say she dates now Tora, and she's the stepfather who stepped up. Oh, we love that. <laughs> yeah. We like we like we like three out of four of these. Sorry, Munishige. Uh, sorry. You're you're okay, I guess. Yeah, you, you exist. The rest of you, though, hop in the van. Yes. The bio combustion conversion van. Oh my. Yeah. So that's sort of like these are the micro action characters. They're like 
important because they did stuff in other parts of Japan, but they're not like the big one. I, I I'm trying to see if there's who we've missed talking about. I'm looking at my list. Uh, who isn't a part of something we've already talked about? I think it's time. It's time. It's time. Okay, so we need we need to talk about the combo Oda Toyotomi faction. And we have to say combo because one is an offshot. So I'm gonna I, I think we should start with the Toyotomi characters first. Yeah. Because there's a lot less of them. <laughs> and specifically we're gonna start with the retainer characters. Uh with the one we, with maybe the character we care about the least do you want to introduce uh the tiger boy yeah <laughs> um fuck i forgot his name it's kiyomasa kato kiyomasa kato thank you i'm sorry that's 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 how much he means to me <laughs> i'm sorry it's been a long day I, um, I do not feel especially strongly towards Kiyomasa. He's, um, not my favorite guy. He, he has, like, a tiger theme. He has white hair. Um, I find him deeply uninteresting. I would say he's probably my least favorite Samurai Warriors character. I feel like the problem with Kiyomasa is that he is the least interesting character in by far the largest faction. Mm-hmm. And, like, the thing that makes, like, the only, like, everything they've done to make him more interesting has not helped. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's just kind of dull. Like, the historical version of him is like, oh, Lord. <laughs> and But, like, that's not the where that comes from for us. It's just, he's the one with the hair, and he's serious. Okay. He, yeah, he's, he's not... I, I just don't care for him. <laughs> yeah. The other characters, and we're going to start with the other boys here. We're going to start with uh, Mitsunari Ishida. Uh, the most popular character by fan yep. polls, whether you like yep. him or not. <laughs> and, and, like, let it be known, I have nothing against Mitsunari as a character. I actually find him delightful um, as as somebody who's on the spectrum. That boy is autistic. And I love that about him. Um, he's a mean little bitch. And he doesn't care what you think. And he doesn't understand social cues. And I love that for him. Good for him. <laughs> um, it's I'm gonna be real. Uh, and I apologize because there are a lot of people who enjoy this character who are perfectly reasonable human beings. I do not care for a lot of his fan base. Um, it's it's the thing of you get so much of this character, you get you get fed so well, and yet still you act like you starve 
You ungrateful children. <laughs> and this is how we start a whole war. Hooray. I I'm sorry. It's just like, that's how I feel. <laughs> I think he's fine. I he's, I, he's all right. He's all right. I, I'm not a particularly huge fan of him. He's just kind of neat. Now his retainer, Sakon. We love Sakon. <laughs> Sakon Shima. I'm like, hell yeah. More of this guy, please. With his giant mutton chops and large-ass sword. Sakon is the coolest old dude. <laughs> yeah. And he just kind of goes around doing stuff. Yeah, I, I just, he does his thing. He, you know, cares about Mitsunari. They're, they're a pretty, pretty popular ship, I'd say. Yeah, I um, mean, they don't deserve each other, but whatever. <laughs> they don't, but he, he's great. I like Sakon. Yeah, he's neat. Whereas, on the other hand, we have our favorite boy from this, this group, Masanori Fukushima. My sweet boy. My son. The, 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 the dumb, dumb one. <laughs> I love him. He's stupid. He's large, dumb, and honestly, I, I wish they had his hair down more often. It like, does look good. Like, like that, that, that one, because his one character art from four with his hair down, it's like, oh, you, that's really, like, you should go like that more often. But, but he likes the pompadour. It gives him confidence. This is also true. But he's, he's good. He's very much styled in, like, the, the Japanese delinquent kind of, like, you know, Yankee kind of look with, with the big old pompadour and he's, you know... He, he's got, like, a very, like, I, I love his design. Because he's got kind of a craggy jaw and, like, one eye is kind of, like, kind of droopy. And he's just, he looks cool. He's, he's a, a classic, classic sort of delinquent, delinquent character put into samurai form, but less yeah. delinquity. More like in mannerism and in, like, sound, but more like... He feels like he should be in, like, River City Ransom. Yes. He would fit in very well there. He really would. We, we like him. him. He's fun. We ship him. We, uh, I've created a ship for him that is just so random and weird. And you've been so supportive of it. And I'm like... I love it. We'll talk about that more later because we actually skipped over them for reasons. We'll discuss later. But he's a good boy. He's, yeah. he's my favorite of the, the idiot trio. Yeah. And, uh, I, I guess we should talk about her. Because there's only one character left to discuss for the Toyotomi faction without mentioning... Yeah, we have to talk about Mom. Mom! Mom! You know what? Go ahead. I'll let you take the floor for this one. We love Nene. Nene is great. Nene is a ninja. Uh, she is Hideyoshi's wife, unfortunately. She should dump him and get with a real man like me. Um, <laughs> Nene's a MILF, first of all. Let that be known. She's a mom, but she's also a MILF. Um, she, she loves and cares for everybody. She is everybody's mom. And woe be unto you if you disappoint your mother. <laughs> My favorite part is she has a, a special for uh, the Battle of Sekigahara where she decides to spank every officer to get them to stop fighting and it works. 
because she is the mother here, and you do not disappoint mom. No, you don't. Woe be I, to those who do. She's terrific. I just love her. She's she's good. Um, I don't know. Shame about her fucking dickhead of a husband, though. <laughs> Agreed. We'll talk about him later, because he's a bit too important to, to, to talk about now. Yeah. Uh, because we so, like him. Well, okay, we do like him, but for other reasons. It's complicated. We have a complicated relationship with this character, not for a variety of different reasons, but because it, he's also the best punching bag for a lot of jokes. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, check, check, check. Hold on, just checking off characters. I guess we should start with, like, a character who's associated with the Oda, but not really, is uh, Munonori Yagyu. He's there. He's there. He's a large guy with a sword. He's he's neat. He he was a cool sword guy. He was the father of another cool sword guy. Um, J Jubei Yagyu was his son, I believe. Yeah. Sadly, Munonori is one of those characters who, much like Yoshimoto, was kind of depicted as a bad guy. Not, not like Yoshimoto, but like how he actually was is kind of a a debate. Yeah. Here, here he's chill. He's also yeah. a cool old guy. He has a pet monkey. And we like monkeys. I, I, I like the little monkeys. I, do, I don't yeah. like big monkeys. We're just, I mean, we're just getting him out of the way because he's not associated with the Toyotomi in any real way, but he's there. He kind of hangs around. He's like this weird guy who's just kind of there. He, he is sort of the, um, oh, a little bit of the straight man foil to uh, another character that we'll be talking about. Yeah, we'll be talking about him in, in detail. Uh, we need to talk about the uh, two Toyotomi strategists of Kanbei and Hanbei. The goth man and the small, the small feminine boy. They're roommates. <laughs> They're roommates. And honestly, people probably do ship them. We probably don't. I... I don't know. I like them individually. I think Kanbei is neat. Kanbei is is scary. He's he his personality is exactly how you would you would think it would be looking at him. <laughs> but what makes him what makes him there? I I don't ship him, but I dislike them together as a pair of people. I I like their dynamic. Their dynamic is very funny, because I. Kanbei's is very serious, like, you must do this thing. And Hanbei's like, you should do this thing. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm gonna go nap. Hanbei loves to sleep. He's like a small, adorable, adorable little man. But also, he's a little shit. And I love that about him. He's a cheeky little shit. <laughs> I like... I like these two characters in the sense that I'm, they're like the two friend characters that pop up in an episode of a good TV show, and you're like, oh, it's them. <laughs> you know hijinks are going to ensue. Oh, yeah, and it's like occasionally you get like a full episode focusing on them, and it's great. Yeah. You know, Kanbei is also neat in that regard. They bring out the best in each other. Hmm. Yeah, they're neat characters, but they're not yeah. super duper important. It, like, they have their own drama when Hanbei dies young, but that's kind of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Hanbei also has a, um, he's, he dies from coughing too much. 
That's the thing that happens. He's got incurable cough disease. <laughs> Do you know what he actually he's... had, or was it just never known? Um, it was rumored that it was tuberculosis. I think it was probably but, tuberculosis. Yeah. That makes sense. He, I, I don't think it's ever little... been... Yeah, he had a little cough and he never got over it. He had small Victorian child disease. <laughs> he does. Just like, oh, why? Yeah. But uh, he, he dies of it. Except, well, hi, who died of other things. Yeah. He, he died from being arrowed. <laughs> which is, uh, uh, you can decide which one's the worst way to go. So that's kind of the Toyotomi as a whole. They're kind of like, if the Tokugawa were a family that functions well, this is the dysfunctional family that's only held together by a very solid mom. Yes. If it wasn't for Nene, this group would have fallen apart like 20 years ago. Every mug in her kitchen cabinet is a world's greatest mom mug, and it's all from different people. <laughs> and it was all earned. Yes. <laughs> so we're going to get into the other set of retainers now. To the main character. I know we skipped over a faction beforehand, and Sardo probably knows which one I did and why. No. You know me. But we need to talk about the Oda. Oh lord, did we have to talk about the largest faction in the game, which technically has two other factions in it of Hideyoshi's faction and Iyasu's. I feel like okay. I, I know who we should start with. We should start with Keiji, because he's technically the least associated. Yes, uh, Keiji kind of mostly did his own thing, but... Oh, man. Keiji Mieda is a, a man who loved his tea. He's the wild guy. He's very large. He's a wild and crazy guy. That's fun. We're, we, we like him. We think he's neat. He, he, he's sadly one of those characters who's kind of all over the place, so he kind of never really does any one thing that we could really use. People really like drawing him and Magoichi fucking. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah. I, I don't really ship that, but, like, I get it. Oh, yeah. I, I think it's funnier if Magoichi stays perpetually single. Oh, yes. It's it's much funnier that way. Yeah. No, but, no yeah. fault of you, too. I I think he's neat. We're, we're, we're just getting him out of the way because he is associated with the Oda half the time and the other half of the time he's not. And he has a cousin. Uh, a very much more important cousin than all of this. The guy who holds it all together somehow. Toshie Maeda. Go ahead, I'll let you have the floor for this one. The king of the wife guys. Historically noted for being a wife guy. That, that you know, if, if you gotta pick a way to be remembered in history, be picked for loving your spouse. <laughs> yeah, his wife Matsu. Uh, wife guy, very much like the straight guy in the room. Who yeah. really loves his which wife. Is, which is funny because he he is like such a quintessential hunk otherwise. Yeah, yeah he's a very gay looking man, but he's not. It's really funny. He's the, he's the gayest looking straight man I've ever seen. <laughs> he, he's fun. He's usually, he's kind of the straight, he, he's sort of the Oda straight man. Mm -hmm. Because a lot he's of them the are most... silly. He's the most well-adjusted of them. And he, he lives a long time, so good for him. 
Yeah, proud of him. Uh, Good job. My favorite thing about him, like, historical fact, is that he... The only reason why the Battle of Sekigahara didn't happen sooner was because he was still alive. And the <laughs> moment he died, like a year later, it's like, we're fighting again! <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> it's so funny, because it's like, everyone's like, oh, we can't fight him? Well, old man Miate is still around. Oh, he's no. dead? Oh, fuck yeah, let's <gasps> go. <laughs> But yeah, he's, you know, Toshie is a good dude. He's a pretty solid dude. Um, uh, he's definitely a character that we don't like a lot, but we love having around in the story. Enjoy him. He's like a great baseline. Yeah, yes, You exactly. need him there. He fills out the rest of the cast, especially for how, like, weird the Oda get. Yeah. And how extra they are as a faction. You need someone who's just not that weird. Mm-hmm. And that's where we get another character who is also kind of like that, but a lot louder. And that is Katsui Shibata. He's sad. He's a, he's a large, he's a not-so-large burly man. I'm Nobunaga's sister, and I'm sad about it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh lord, uh, he he's a, he's kind of his adaptation in this is always very weird. How would you like to describe him? He is a big, buff, burly man, um, mostly balding. Uh, Not that big either, but he feels big. Like he's 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 broad. He's, he's, he's jacked. He's, dude is yoked. Yep. Um, he also has a crop top, which I think is funny. <laughs> Not super gay for some reason. Like, no. we, we don't think of him as gay, even, even in spite of the crop top. But he's, he's a big, burly, bearded man who is very, very sad. And, and sad in like a, a contemplative kind of... He, he's he's a little mopey. He he's very zen in that regard. He's zen. He's also a little mopey. <laughs> yeah. He well that probably has a lot to do with the fact that he did not pick Odo Nobunaga to be the leader, and uh, he lost. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and he's still around anyways because everyone kind of acknowledges his talent. So really, he's he's like DJ Khaled. He's suffering from success. Kinda. Yeah. Poor guy. <laughs> we like him. He's he's peepaw. He's very, peepaw. He's very peepaw. <laughs> we love him. He's 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 good at domestic things. Yeah. Um he's he's papa. And and he also ends up um after Oichi's first husband dies, uh Oda Nobunaga's sister, um, after Azai Nagamasa kicks the bucket, she gets pawned off to Katsui. And there there's kind of a thing of like he <sighs> It's implied that he likes her, but he's, like, very honorable and also, like, knows that she's not exactly thrilled to, like, be in this union. So, it's it's an interesting dynamic, I think. Yeah. And that leads us to, speaking of Oichi, we must just talk about her now. The, the little... Si the, the one normal per The... The... You know what she is? She's what? the daughter from the Munsters. She is! The one normal one in this sea of weirdness. 
the the goth gene skipped her somehow. <laughs> Very much so. Uh, Oichi is this pink, frilly, girly girl, pretty, very, nice, <laughs> very sweet. Um, she and she's definitely got the thing too of like not exactly getting how weird her brother is. <laughs> oh, this is my brother. I love him very much. He's so funny. <laughs> But she, she's a nice girl. She's, I, I think, she's probably the one of my one. less. She, she's the wholesome one. She's one of my less favorites. I not, not because I dislike her, just because she doesn't have as much of an, an impact as some of the other girls do. Really, like the thing with Oichi is that her whole thing is is just tragedy after tragedy after tragedy. But she tries. Bad shit happens to her. Bad <laughs> shit happens to her husband. They happen to her. They happen to her daughter. <laughs> It's it's all bad. It's all bad. Her brother does horrible things. <laughs> and it's not her fault, and yet here she is. And that's Oichi. Yeah. We like her, but not that she's much. Nice... Yeah. She's great bait if you want drama. <laughs> yes. I'm surprised there isn't just a full-on drama about her life that exists. I know. Like, that That one's so... Maybe because it's just too much tragedy. Yeah. I, I think that's the reason why, because it's like, first things first, your brother becomes very important. He's a weird, violent nutcase. He marries you off to some guy. You try to make it work. You have some kids. He dies. You marry a different guy. He dies. You die. Your kids don't you have it well. You move to Seattle. You start a noise band. You listen to Animal Collective. <laughs> Yeah, have some hummus. <laughs> Just, she's like, oh, the poor thing. Every yeah, time. Life is not, life is not easy for Furoichi. <laughs> Which means we're going to have to lead into a character that we haven't really discussed yet. We need to discuss. He's very, he's not very important to the story, but he wears shorts. He wears short shorts. We need to talk about Mori Ranmaru, and not, not the same, same as Mori, which is more elongated O, just to be clear. Different dude. No relation. No, no relation. relation. It, uh, understandable, but you don't know. By the way, you, do you, did you know that Ranmaru and Jinchiyoshi are an actress? I did not know that. Yeah, fun fact. Cool. But yeah, um, he is a very cute boy who wears shorts. <laughs> And he is a, um, he's a page for Nobunaga. And there's a whole thing about him. It, it, it gets I, very, very weird. And, and historically, I feel like it would be a disservice to mention that typically, um, back in, back in that era, uh, a lot of pages to, to lords would, um, page was kind of like an, oh my God, they were roommates thing. Uh, um, <laughs> Oh it, a lot of the time it, it it was a sex thing a lot of the time not not by default but quite often he was gonna <laughs> take it up the booty like you know and ron maru's an attractive young man um and he was he, is, he was he, he died, died very young, young. yeah he he dies very young ron maru is he's adorable he is not, um, Ron Maru could benefit from some therapy. <laughs> <laughs> he, 
he needs to have like there's a lot of things about him he's he's adorable we love his design we love him everything about him it just screams bottom though he's extremely bottom and he's extremely devoted to nobunaga and nobunaga's cause um we love him he really he's, he's a he's a good kid um just I, Lord yeah, <laughs> it's it's a Lord Howdy moment, but also, <sighs> yeah, I I love his shorts. I love his shorts. I love his design. He deserves all the kisses. He does. He's a good boy. He's a good boy. Okay, this is where we run into a very difficult problem. Who we talk about next? I want to talk about Nohime. Okay, fine. That was that that solves that problem because do you want to talk about her? Or do you want to talk about Hideyoshi first? Oh. Her first. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Uh, no is uh, step on me, mommy. Very step on me, mommy, for a lot of people. His big titty goth girlfriend. Yeah. Interesting adaptation for these two, for her and her husband, is that we have no idea. Now, she's noted historically of being extremely attractive. She's known for being hot. That was her thing. But the the marriage between her and Nobunaga is famously, I think, the best way to describe it as um, political. Yes, I think that's putting it very charitably. <laughs> it, that's the charitable version of it. Now, I will state there's no historical record saying they disliked each other. No. There's no historical record that they liked each other either. Which makes me think the, this is the most accurate depiction of them of being very weird. They're, um... They're the couple that's, that says, we saw your, you were across the room and liked your vibe, but it's terrifying and not gross. Oh, so scary. Um, scary in a hot way. Yes. But the, the best I can describe their relationship is it is the... Actual fun, not heterosexual version of I hate my spouse so much I could just kill him. <laughs> but because, also, but they, they fuck a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's that. It's it, it is the the non I hate my wife version of that because um I, I don't know they're just they're they're two goths they're. I don't want to say they're in love. I don't know what that is, but it's <laughs> we're, something. <laughs> we're not sure what it is. It's a thing, but it's it's something. I there's a word probably for what their dynamic is. I don't know what it is. I just think it's kind of hot. <laughs> it, we like it, and we like and we love her. She's beautiful. Whatever this is, we love it. <laughs> yeah. I they're I think they are probably my favorite canon samurai warriors couple. Yeah, I I think it's because everything about them is just so off kilterly weird that it's kind of hard not to be fascinated by it. Yeah, it's just nothing like you've probably seen very much. Well, it, they they are the ultimate. They're either this argument is either going to end with them killing each other or violently fucking. No in between. <laughs> Like, I think Nobunaga likes her because there's a non-zero percent chance that she will bite his head off during the act of sex. And he thinks that's the hottest thing. That's that's why he likes her. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
So, uh, be- before we get into her husband, let's let's talk about well, we have about two monkey. We have to talk about two other people first. Oh, we, oh yeah, okay. You, you know who one of them is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we need mm-hmm. to talk about the return to monkey. Monkey. Uh, the infamous um, Hideyoshi Toyotomi or Hashiba, depending on what point in the story we're in. The artist formerly known as Hashiba. <laughs> uh, Nene, Nene's bastard of a husband. Hideyoshi's a small man. He's a, literally in this case too. He's he's just a little guy. Um, I I think he's five five. <laughs> but um, and he is uh. <laughs> Hideyoshi, inversely to know, is historically noted for not being very physically attractive. <laughs> okay, so um, uh, we need to talk about this. One of my favorite aspects about Nobunaga, and this is real because it survived, is that Nobunaga really liked Nene. Like, I and I don't think in, like, a lover's kind of way, but in, like... Where he heard about her. <laughs> in, like, the you're my best friend now kind of way. Yes. And this... Leads to the fact that in a letter to Nene, because they were like pen pals at half the time, he called Hideyoshi a bald rat. (laughs) Which feels a little bit mean to rats. Yeah. (laughs) Because you know that was said with spite and anger. Oh yeah. And it was like, stop cheating on your wife, you bald rat. Mm -hmm. And I think that's beautiful. Yeah. But he's a bad husband. He, he's a very he, fun character to make fun of. He's a great punching bag. He is. He's he's great for that. Um just an absolute shitbird of a husband. He's a womanizer. He's he just sucks. But he's kind of fun too. He he's a character that like he sucks in the sense that he's he's very fun, but he sucks as, like, a person. Morally, he sucks. Yeah. yeah, he's a morally not good person, but makes him a very fun character to really, like, learn about and go through and have do things. Uh, the version in Samurai Warriors is much nicer than the actual one. <laughs> yes. Um, real Hideyoshi was not not a great dude. He was um, a bit of a bastard, which makes sense why he why he was retainer to a bastard, but not as fun of a but he was not as fun of a bastard. A, a bit more successful if you don't count like half the work were to be done for him. Yeah. But he he kind of sucks historically. Here he's 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 fun. Yeah, he's fun. And bad things happen to him. Because, oh, terrible things happen to him. <laughs> you know, history is a cruel mistress. So, uh, we gotta talk about Sardo's favorite now. I'm gonna let you just go for a few minutes. So this is, you, you have the floor, I'm not gonna stop you for the next uh, three minutes. He starting... looks like if Oingo Boingo was a person. <laughs> <laughs> like Oingo Boingo's music. That's weirdly specific. I like it. <laughs> like, okay, Strauss, you know the character. Tell tell me if these if these statements are correct. Um, he looks like he tripped and fell into a Spencer's gifts. 
Yes. I love him so much. Matsunaga Hisahide, historically known for being a traitorous bastard. Um, yep. And he's a big, stinky, traitorous bastard here. I love him. He's great. Um, you might be the only one. I don't care. More for me. I, the first time I saw him, it's just like, he's so ugly. I love him. <laughs> Strauss, okay, okay, I, I talk about him a lot. Describe Hisahide for me, okay, please. So I want to hear from somebody who's not Hisahide is what happens when you try to design an anime man who's also a Looney Tunes character and evil. <laughs> you liked that, didn't you? <laughs> yes. Because he's so Looney Tunes at times that it, I, I, like, I don't hate him or anything but i don't love him as much as you do that it's your thing and it's yours to keep nobody loves him as much as me and that's um, not an insult by the way in canon his hobbies include um digging pits for people to fall into <laughs> because he can uh. um and he's he's also got like some he, he's got some weird-ass motivations that, like, the more Koei tries to build upon why he does what he does. Because he's a card-carrying villain. He's like, you know, I'm evil. I'm a villain. I'm a bad, bad man. <laughs> and and that's how he describes himself. And, like, they try to explain that, like, he he is deliberately evil because he wants the ultimate hero to find him and finally bring justice to the world and end suffering and blah, blah, blah. Um, I think he just does this shit for fun. <laughs> I mean, he does. So I'm going to just name, uh, he, he is famously played by Koji Ishii. I'm going to name some of the characters he also voiced that you probably would recognize. Rattle them off. Uh, number one, first and foremost, he is Garter Belt. In mm -hmm. Penny and Starking with Carter Belt. So we're yes, starting off in a weird, in a very strange place. Um, he's the voice of Edgemaster in Japanese. I didn't know. Huh. Uh, yeah, we're, we're back to where we started several, many episodes ago. Um, uh, let me see here. Uh, da -da 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 -da. Oh, God, he's Kimura and Hasamanga Dayo. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's that. That's not that great one. He's in the last blade too, as like the boss. <laughs> huh. Yeah, yeah, I know. I was like, huh. Yeah. So like a a pretty like seasoned voice actor. Oh, fair. But he, he gets around. And he's just. Matsunaga. I think he's like. He's so. He's such a he's such a he's such a sopping wet weirdo. <laughs> He's he's a freak and he's he is really kind of pathetic in his way. Um I think one of my favorite interactions between him and another character is uh I I'm pretty sure this was in Chronicles 3 where he encounters Kunoichi and he's like trying to give her, you know, crap about like her crush on Yukimura. It's like, you know, he's going to use you and then leave you. And then she's like, "You're, you know, you're just like a lonely weird old man <laughs> with like a dirty mind and he gets genuinely really sad about it <laughs> this is your your favorite character in the sense that you love bullying him so goddamn much 
pathetic. I and, love that about him. And then he blows himself up. Yeah, he blows himself up with a tea kettle full of dynamite, which is a, like, definitely didn't happen in real history. Um, that that was probably not a thing that happened. But he's known historically for uh, Nobunaga told him, I will forgive you if you give me your favorite tea kettle, Hiragumo. And he's like, fuck you. And then he destroys Hiragumo and he commits seppuku. Um, and in, and th in this case, he blows himself up. And, and it's great. It's so funny. Um, like I said, and I, he's like a gothy, villainy man trying to be a human Looney Tune. He, he is. He's so silly. He's such a cartoon character. And I love his dynamic with Nobunaga because he hates Nobunaga. He hates him so much. He's like, I want nothing with the future you want to create. Fuck you. Fuck you. And Nobunaga's just like, you're funny. I like you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's so good because nobunaga just never gets upset about anything hisahide does and it, it angers him so <laughs> he hates it and he's just he's he's a sad little man and you he's love my life and my love to to know him is to know me um he's he's my heart <laughs> Anyway, before we move before we move on, we should also mention that he is so silly. He's a silly goofy guy. And to go in a completely opposite direction, we have we we have to talk about Mitsuki, but first we're going to talk about his daughter. Yes, because we're going for tonal whiplash with Gracia, Gracia? I don't actually know. <laughs> I I've heard it pronounced differently. Gracia is the littlest Christian. <laughs> the littlest Christian girl. <laughs> she she actually was Christian. Yeah. Uh, again, that, historically. True. This is actually legit. She has the power of God and anime on her side. It's true. Yeah. Uh, Gracia is adorable. Um, she's a baby. She shoots lasers out of her bracelets. That's her weapon. Yep. Um... And she's just very curious about the world. She's adorable. We love her. She was a favorite of a late friend of ours, so we have a very special attachment to her. Yeah. She, she's a good character. We, yeah. we like her a lot. Yeah, we like her. She, uh, I, I love her four design the best. It's good. They made her a little, they, they did the whole gothic Lolita thing, which fits well with the overall Oda aesthetic. It does. But she's such a ball of sunshine. She is. She's just sweet and adorable. Which now means we have to talk about her very pretty father. He's... Akechi Mitsuhide is a very handsome man. Uh, he is not to be confused with another traitorous Akechi from uh, Persona 5. Oh, you... Of course. I, mean, I, I know the spoilers. <laughs> I mean, now it's obvious. It's super obvious. <laughs> But, but um, I, I, as I joke, I was going to joke, never trust in the catchy. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Lol. But, um, sorry, sorry for spoilers for Persona, Persona 5, by the way. I was I didn't see that, that one coming. coming. Sorry, that was my fault. That was my but, fault. But uh, he is, he is the, hmm, I want to describe him. He's kind of a very odd character at times. He's very straight-laced. He's like this very soft-spoken, like his... 
you you get a whole range of different takes on Mitsuhide through different um Basara media not Basara, Sengoku media. Like Sengoku Basara was fucking weird Mitsuhide. But um well, this one he's and, and the reason why for that is because Mitsuhide is famous for really one major action, and it is a very, and it's one of those rare times where it's an incredibly major action in the country's history, which is uh, killing Oda Nobunaga at yeah. Honochi, and uh, no one knows why. We don't know. There is. Go ahead. Sorry, uh, go ahead. There, well, we, there is no real knowledge of why he did it. There's a lot of theories as to why he did it. Yes. And it really depends whether or not you think he did it for good reasons or for selfish reasons. And here it goes more towards the good reasons. And that, to be fair, they, they do kind of give him a feasible motive in that Nobunaga was fucked up. <laughs> Yeah. And, and it's kind of like initially Mitsuhide like looks up to Nobunaga, really admires his ability to like, you know, make change and do things. But eventually it's like, oh, oh, this is horrible, actually. You keep murdering so many people. And... Mitsuhide does get portrayed as, like, a very good, reasonable guy. He's, like, he's polite and gentle and a little soggy. <laughs> he's just just a tiny bit. A tiny bit soggy. He's, uh, if we're being supremely honest, we don't super care about him that much, I would say. And I... But I'm he's definitely kind of... But he's super interesting. A, a very, like, a very good friend of mine is, like, a big Mitsuhide fan and like through talking with her about him I've I've kind of I've kind of warmed to him he's I, I think he's got some interesting like facets oh, no. to his character I think he I think he's an interesting character I also think he's one of those characters like I well I don't care about him he's a super fascinating like historical figure because we just don't know Oh yeah, it's it's a mystery. Yeah, it's a mystery. He's also the voice of Marth. Yeah. <laughs> Fun fact. He's uh he's the, he's the he's the most samurai actual samurai character in this whole thing. Yeah. And uh, I would like to mention we are well past passing the uh, mark. This is now our longest episode. Oh God, we're so powerful. <laughs> yes, we are. But yeah, I I like him, but he's not my favorite. I, I think he's really interesting as, like, a character who exists and as a person who existed in the real world. Makes him very interesting. Yeah. He's a bit of a soft boy here. Yeah. Which, you know, is fine. And really, like, the way he's written for at the very end where he realizes what actually is going on as Nobunaga dies, he's like, I think I fucked up. Yep. <laughs> Which is great, great drama, by the way. Love it. Oh, Honoji is peak drama. <laughs> God, these goths. <laughs> They're great. Now we need to talk about the man himself. Or do you want to talk about the one faction I skipped over on purpose and by accident? Them for last. Yay. We're doing what Strauss wants today. 
We need to talk about Oda Nobunaga, the actual main character of all of this malarkey. This this is the bitch who made all this shit happen. <laughs> this bitch, with his extra ways, decided to cause all of the problems. <laughs> He's the man who woke up and said, I'm going to cause problems. Uh, very fond of things like burning down monasteries. Um, Murdering other people. Jumping into a lake with all his armor on to fight a sea monster he thought was in there. This is shit that happened. Um, wearing a kimono patterned with penises to his father's funeral. Okay, that's hilarious, though. That That's the best. <laughs> Did that! And Calling Hideyoshi a bald rat. Master of Shade. And... I feel like that's a reasonable glimpse into the the figure that is Oda Nobunaga. <laughs> Who is, in the, these stories, just weird. <laughs> like, the way he's written it for, because he's sort of been the main key character of all of these games until we get to 4, where he's, like, kind of not that important. And he's just kind of sort of, like, a force of nature at one, basically, by after a certain point. It's really kind of interesting, actually. And the thing about for Nobunaga is that I feel like here, compared to the other games, he's less of a straight-up villain. Mm -hmm. he, he just, like, he does villainous things, but it's, it's complicated. He's a very it's, it's... strange man with a very awesome voice, and we think he's super neat. <laughs> so... And he just always scares people. And the best laugh. Yeah. He just laughs for no reason. It's so ominous. <laughs> like, everything about him is just, like, off-kilter in all the best ways. And he has this amazing power to, like, kill a moment perfectly. And I I'm just, I'm thinking... Go ahead. I'm thinking about this scene where they're, like, planting the cherry blossom trees, and it's like, this is going to be, like, a, a symbol of, like, our unity and everything. And, and he's just like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he just starts laughing. And it's like, dude. The man, he's a very strange man, and there's no way around it. He's a freak. He's, he's, he's the biggest I... freak, and we think he's cool. I I respect him. I really do. <laughs> I do too. He's really fun. He also voiced uh, Jotaro at one point, but like in the 90s. Wow. Damn. So, yeah, uh, we skipped over a faction kind of by accident, kind of on purpose. Mm-hmm. Because Sardo knows I play favorites, and I play favorites super hard. <laughs> I don't blame you. And we're going to have to talk about the Kanto characters. Yay! We're going to start with the Juggalo. <laughs> whoop, whoop. That's like, I love that as a sentence. Like, we're going to start with the Juggalo. What? <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Uh, we need to talk about Kotaro Fuma real quick. He's, he's a, he is the... A chaos-obsessed ninja with noodle arms. 
He's he's so strange. He's so like his his design is so weird. Off kilter from everybody else's. He what what makes him so much better is how he is retained to the Hojo clan in this. And it's just like okay, why are you here? I, he makes me think of like this, that one picture of like, it's the family portrait. Everybody looks very normal. And then there's like the goth child. Yes. And, <laughs> Just and, like, like the, full white face makeup. Yes. Full, like he's such an odd character and it's, uh, it's such a strange thing. It's hard to really explain it. He's just, he's very endearing. <laughs> yeah. He's just so strange. And, like, his weapon of choice is his weird extendo arms. has noodle arms. It's just, he's so weird. And he's attached to a faction. It's just like, what is he doing there? How did he get here? I... I don't know. Yeah. But he's fun. He's, he's, he's so weird. <laughs> he just shows up and goes... <laughs> chaos! And then he... <laughs> and then he... And then Cao Cao shows up like, Chaos! Chaos! <laughs> chaos! What? <laughs> And then Kotaro pets a dog and then leaves. Yeah. It, it, I, I think the best thing that happened to him for being generically evil was being attached to the Hojo. So he's like just the weird one. <laughs> it's it, like, yeah, he's he's our friend. He's our friend. He's a he's a he's our strange friend. He's he's the weird uncle. <laughs> he has we adopted dogs. this goth. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Lady Hayakawa, who we think is very nice, very pretty. And uh, if it wasn't for the fact that we started shipping her with Masanori, we'd probably think she's neat. She's she's a cute girl. She um. She is Ujiyasu's daughter. Mm. And she's she's just she's nice. She's a nice girl. Very normal. <laughs> yeah. She's cute. She's got a forehead. She she does have a very large forehead. She's also interesting because she's one of the few characters who like absolutely goes against uh, their their faction's color scheme. Yeah, she's light blue. Light blue and white in a black and red faction. Like even yeah, she... o even like Oichi isn't really like that out of place with her all pink attire. Because you know, like the, the Oda color is purple. Yeah. So it's like not that it's like oh she's she's the bright and sunny one so she gets the pink color scheme instead of purple. Lady Hayakawa is this like blue. It's like a light blue too. It's like very different. She dares to be different. Dare to be different. Dare to be the nicest girl here. She is very sweet. Yeah, I like her. She's neat. And she has a hot-ass dad. You want to talk <laughs> about it? Nobody will let you forget it. Would you like to talk about her hot-ass dad? 
Ujiyasu Hojo is the dilf of all time. Um, he is also very clearly based after Solid Snake. <laughs> and even well, if you haven't played Samurai Warriors, there's a good chance you've seen a drawing of this man naked. <laughs> much, li- much like Solid Snake slash uh, Naked Snake or Big Boss in a lot of gay porn. Just so much. Yes, um... You, you'll see that a lot with him. Uh, he's very popular for understandable reasons. Um, he he has his pecs out. And he's he's attractive. He's a very attractive man. I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> he, he, he is also very much a dad. He, he's a total dad. He's fun. Uh, the, the one downside is is that he kind of sticks around at the, the sake of his son, who sadly, a lot of the bad stuff that happens to the clan is when he's already dead. Yep. He's all man. 100% ground beef. Yeah. I like him. He's fine. He's good. He's good. Very obviously based after a Metal Gear character. Metal Gear. Metal Gear! Kataro, it's Metal Gear. (laughs) (laughs) Kataro! (laughs) Anyway, now for me to play Absolute Favorites, because I have zero shame. Here's the one, folks, the one we've been building up for, the one you've been waiting for. Or, for me, anyway. I don't know about the rest of (laughs) y'all. Stross, uh... Player in. Who who are we talking about? We're talking about the girl of all time, Sardo. Mm-hmm. The the failed daughter of failed daughters. The best girl. The only girl that matters. We're talking about Kai. <laughs> I wish there was a longer name to introduce her with, but no, it's just Kai. He's just Kai. <laughs> just Kai. Like Ken. <laughs> well, yeah, like Ken. It's the same amount of letters. She and how to best describe Kai? Let's see. Um, she's kind of sort of a tomboy, kind of sort of. Mm-hmm. Not in the way that Jinchio is. But Jinchio is like masculine lady. She is. Kind of... She is definitely like the feminist tomboy you're gonna find. Mm-hmm. She's great, and I love her. She's my favorite. She's. She's very cute. Um, she she wrestles bears. She hates the um, fact that people know that she wrestles bears. <laughs> is she she wants to be known for like being pretty and and you know feminine and cute and and it's a thing like Kunoichi and her have this kind of like you know, um, catty friendship. Yeah, yeah, and and Kunoichi like and it's so funny that she's like you know. Yeah, Kai, you're so masculine and big. You're a bear, and it's like, have you seen Kai? Um, no, no. This makes her sound like she's super muscular. She's not. She's like she's normal not. sized. She's very lean, if anything. Yeah. Not that she's that's like a very, thing. like a slim, feminine girl. <laughs> yeah. But she's she's so cute. So cute, and, and she's trying so hard to find love, and it isn't working out. 
She just she wants to be the protagonist of of a rom com. <laughs> she wants to she wants to be Tomo Aizawa and Tomo Chan is a girl. <laughs> yes. And it's never gonna happen. <laughs> Not once. A poor thing. <laughs> but she's she's so sweet and so cute. And she's trying so hard. And I, I do understand why you love Kai. Absolutely. Because... Also because you know I have a type. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oopsie doodle. But yeah, I mean, Strauss, what, what do you love most about Kai? I think what I like most about her is that she's... She, tr she just tries so hard. She's trying so hard to find love. She is one more stop for love. And it doesn't work. Truly. And she tries so hard to look the best and be like, I want to be the girl who tracks all the guys and fails, fails just miserably at it. She does have a little bit of the energy of Ryan Gosling's Ken. There's I'll be that, real. but it's also <laughs> like, you know how sometimes you describe a character as sopping wet? Yes. She is, she's kind of wet. Kind of sopping wet. She's a little soggy. She's a little soggy. But like, in like that kind of pathetic way that you feel for her. Yeah. And you just want her to like, find someone who like, appreciates what she is. She's just, she deserves love. And this world is cruel. <laughs> and this world is cruel to her, and technically part of the reason why the Toyotomi failed is because she beat them up at one battle. <laughs> Whoops, the doodles. Oops. And also, he's just, she's just neat. She is. She's, she's delightful. She probably plays, like, women's sports and desperately is looking for someone to love her. I want her to find love. I agree. But this podcast is already at two hours and 30 minutes. And I feel like that's long enough. So, Sordo. Yes, Dross. You want some closing thoughts? Uh, yeah. Um, my closing thoughts. Um, I love this game. I, do I love it so much. I feel I like I'm it. married to this game. <laughs> this, this, this game is our, is our mutual spouse game. I, I wake up to the, next to this game every morning and I make it breakfast. Yeah, I'm right and it also it. always always tells me that my scrambled eggs suck. And they do. <laughs> but it loves you anyways. Um, if anybody out there is also a Hisahide fan, hit me up. <laughs> Please do. Um, draw more art of Kai. Draw more art of Kai. Like, I gotta be super real here. I can only be fed by one artist who definitely also draws stuff that is not appropriate for work. For so long. Also, draw some pictures of Kai with her clothes on. That'd be yeah. super cool. Or, or don't. Or, 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 I don't know. I, I'm okay with that. I'll take both. Yeah, I'm, I'm, like, I'm, I'm not gonna complain. <laughs> but yeah, um, in closing, this is such a good game. This Just is a great game. 
we'll warn you. We might do a third one of these, but this one's about our, that's when we finally decide it's time for our horrid brainworms to come out. No. Yes, there's a third level to this. I'm sorry. The iceberg goes deeper. We should just make this like the iceberg series of Samurai Wars and it's just like progressively worse takes. We'll have like Okay, here comes the insane takes version one of these days. I promise you that. Play this game. It's really fun. If you don't like this type of gameplay, well, uh, too bad. Play it anyways. You you should give it a try. It's it's fun. I like it. Yeah. And uh, anyway, to close off, and not take our clothes off because that would be weird. We did. We're skeletons. We don't have nudity, so it's even weirder. Yeah. We just don't have bones. You don't have any nudity under there. Bones. <laughs> Just bones. Um, anyway, uh, to close this whole thing, uh, that's Sardo. You can find him at Autopsy Garlands on Twitter. Mark Epelio for the art Twitter. And on Mondays, uh, 6.30 Mountain Time, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I draw. He draws. On the Twitch at Uncle Death. Um, I'm also uploading a video on demand to Papa Jupiter's house on YouTube now. I'm usually there. So if you wanted to have more of this, but more unhinged, that's where you go on Monday's night. Usually, not always. Sometimes I'm not there. Sometimes I'm busy. Not not often, but sometimes it happens. Yes. And Strauss, you can find Strauss at Almighty Strauss on Twitter but definitely on Twitch. Uh, that's going to be Tuesdays, Thursdays, Sundays. Uh, 8.30, 8.30 Eastern Standard Time. Start time. We go for usually about three to sometimes four hours. Usually three. We're doing Persona 5 right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm there more often than not, I'd say. I've, I've been pretty... For the past, like, two I, months. Yeah, <laughs> I've been pretty good about it recently. Yeah. <laughs> it's been very fun. Mostly because you have been having a great time just... Somebody's sopping wet boys here, and that's your favorite. I love a soggy man. <laughs> if the man is soggy, therefore they are the best, according to Sado. Yes, indeed. Anyway, folks, thank you all for coming. We have a Patreon, Skeleton Crew Pro on Patreon.com. You can give us two bucks. We'll promise we'll put more stuff up on there eventually. We will do it. Eventually, uh, this summer's just been really, really busy. <laughs> yeah, it's been busy, and we haven't recorded any other weird shit. We could record one of like our real insane takes about this game, but I feel like that that needs to wait. Yes, well, I gotta gotta let that sit for a bit. We we need we need to let that iceberg go. You need to go down deeper on that iceberg before you get there. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this is for your own safety. We're here to protect you. Sometimes. Sometimes we're here to watch you screw up and be like, <laughs> that was silly. You should have known better. Here's a popsicle. <laughs> but, folks, good night. Thank you so much for listening. If you've gotten this far, you are a trooper, and we appreciate you so we, much. We really do. We understand. I understand you just did other stuff while listening to this for two and a half hours. Uh, we're now longer than some Hollywood movies. Pretty amazing. Yeah. We're we're the Snyder cut of our um, Samurai Warriors four opinions. I don't like that. Take it back. I don't either. 
Yeah. Okay, um, I retract that. We're this. Uh, um. Uh. We're just a long movie. Okay. Anyway, thanks everyone. Bye. Bye.